1: Say what? Gimme, 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 I say, yeah, look, Roll it like a big shot, it like a stop. Fresh paint job, fresh inside, the outside, frame truck On the, the real thing, right, back, right hand on power. right on, my wood. My wood. My wood. on the outside, cream on the inside, ice cream paint job. screens on the what right say by the bill. Got a house Yeah, I'm living like that. Like that, I bet. Or ride like that in the stern wheel, like a baseball bat. Just like Marty said, we've been in it. No big straight, but it's like that. Grand Marty's paint down, great chill. Or triple piece, big black, black chill. And break my car. Oh, she be coming. I'm so busy, She be coming. I'm proud of me. We be money. Monday, I still like TV. She says, I'm not romantic. I say, she's too dramatic. I tell her why we're at We can work it. She says, I'm hip 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 hip
2: is up folks it is your tuesday episode of so bad it's good with ryan bailey this is your buddy ryan how is everybody doing uh we're at tuesday so we have had a gentle re-entry of the week uh, i hope everybody is getting their holiday gifts in time i did a little xmas shopping today online and uh, uh pay attention to the <laughs> those things when it tells you when the package comes i ordered something and uh, they tricked me, and then all of a sudden they were like, December 31st. And then I, I was like, wait a sec, I, I'm i pretty sure Christmas is on the 25th. Ah, damn it! Anywho, how are you guys doing? Are you good? Good. Uh, first off, wanted to say hello. We got a big show for you today. We have somebody that you might not know yet, but I think is great. We had a fascinating discussion about pop culture. Her name is Christy, and her podcast is called X Knows All, and it is a fascinating deep dive into pop culture. So we had, we got along swimmingly. I've been on her show before. Sophie, our buddy Sophie, was just on her pod this week. Uh, she's awesome. I think you're going to love her, and I love to... Uh, I love to bring new people in there. It's always the fun. I don't know. It's always fun. And we get to talk about White Lotus season two. I'll put a timestamp when we start that because it is very spoiler has heavy as well as our first guest is going to be spoiler heavy as well. You'll, you'll see why I say that in a second, but, uh, I, uh, I don't know. She she was great. So we talk about that. We talk about the Kardashians. We talk about Ariel Chernis. We talk about the fringes of pop culture. Yeah, we talk about Reddit. (laughs) We talk about the good and bad of Reddit. We talk about the Hiltons, Mauricio Omansky. I mean, there is just so much going on. So I hope you dig this as much as I did. Um, Let's see here. If you like this podcast, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Do both. It's that time of year. Uh, The season of giving, as they say. Also, we did the Patreon live holiday party on Saturday. It is now up. I'm being told Maritza put it up this afternoon. I said on today's show it was up. It wasn't up yet, but it is up now. If you want to watch an hour and fifteen minutes of, I think maybe a little bit more of insanity with my parents and Medita, it was a really really fun time. And Monday's episode we had Demois. Did you guys like that? I thought that was actually pretty good. I, I I'm so desensitized lately of what is good and bad. It's just all one big cauldron of pop culture, which I totally dig, but it is wild um so how are you guys doing i didn't get to uh, i didn't get to really ask how you've been doing lately i hope you're hanging in there these holidays they can be really, really happy, or they can be really lonely, or they can be somewhere in between, and I totally get that. And I think I've had years where each one of those feelings has been had. And sometimes you're just like – your your whole thing is just hang on. Hang on for this holiday season so we can get back to a new year, new beginnings, but then some – You know, love it. Enjoy it. And those people enjoy the hell out of it. And if you can help a friend right now or a family member, make it a little brighter, a little better. And I'm mainly talking about you guys getting me a big gift. Just joining in together and getting me a house. That would make me... (laughs) No, but this is the season of giving, and uh, I've been trying to remember that. That's what this is all about, is trying to make people's lives better, and especially at the end of the year, as we start kind of calculating our own personal lives, we'll be doing a uh, look back at the year of 2022 pop culture dive. Uh, I believe next week that'll be on going into the new year, is to look back in the year of pop culture and also the year of our own lives. Are you guys like that? Do Do you do the whole, like, you know, uh you know what what went good this year what went bad and your goals for the new year i told you one of mine i'm going to stop drinking diet coke so when i rip my head off halfway through the middle of january you'll know exactly exactly why um oh my god wait oh one sec we are getting oh my god how is this we are getting you're not going to even believe this we are getting a call from heaven Oh, okay, this is going to be a major spoiler from White Lotus Season 2. So if you haven't seen that, uh, jump ahead in the timestamp. But this is an important call. I've got to take it. One sec. Ladies and gentlemen, we had the passing of one of our favorite characters on TV last night. And of course, uh, you know, at this point, I'm talking about the White Lotus Season 2. Uh, if you have not seen it yet, uh, you know, just skip past this part. But for a show like mine, So Bad It's Good, this was such a huge get. She passed away last night, but fortunately, I have such good connections with Heaven that she called in from Heaven. Of course, I am talking about our favorite character, Tanya McCoy. Welcome to So Bad It's Good, Tanya in Heaven. Oh what's going
0: on? God,
2: hi. Hi, I'm
0: dead. You I'm look amazing.
2: Well, hey, I'm sorry. You look incredible for being oh, dead. I dead. I mean, like, honestly, Thank the most mean. beautiful dead person I've ever seen.
0: Well, they give you a little makeup when you die up here they, they like give you like a little bit of a makeover so you look really hot you gotta you be don't hot hey, you having.
2: don't Tanya you don't need it that's all I'm saying
0: oh God thank you thank you like, I feel I feel pretty you know
2: you look pretty and by the way you look pretty on the inside and the outside I think that's where true your true beauty shines could we could I ask a couple questions about last night's uh episode if you don't mind
0: yeah please
2: okay, I got some time. <laughs> that's that's a great that's a great point. Um, we saw you bravely, bravely, finally, yeah. kind of stand up for yourself, and and you took the gun and you just shot with a careless abandon because you said the gays are trying to murder me, and it was just this. We were so, we were so wanting you to get out of this alive and you did, you almost did, but then you, you jumped into the boat and and your shoes were like a very long high heel and you hit your head on the boat. Why didn't you, do you think about this in retrospect, why you didn't take your shoes off and just jump into the water and then go into the boat?
0: Well, first of all, they were a really good pair of shoes, you know, like if I, I would have had to leave them on the boat and then, so true. you know, like how would I ever get those back? you know, I don't know if they're still going to be at the store or not. So I just, you know, I jumped and I'm not, a, am not a very good swimmer. And so I was scared. I wouldn't really be able to swim. And I thought my feet, they'll, they'll land, they'll land on the boat, you know, after I killed, yeah, I killed yeah. all of it, you know, I just, I just, I, it's, a, it's hard to, to use your brain sometimes. And Oh,
2: every day. Know? I, I, I the, the same exact thought goes through my head every day. You said you have problems with assistants on this one, but your assistant actually called to warn you. And, and in a way you warned her too, because you said, you know, the guy she was with is possibly, you know, making love with his, his uncle. And well, you, yeah,
0: what I said, he's an uncle. Well, he's an uncle fucker.
2: Yeah. That, well, that's what you, this is a family show though, Tanya. So I was just trying just to kidding. Yeah, just, No. that out. <laughs> we'll let it that out. Um, so you know, I thought that was just so amazing. And you try to get out of this situation. But in reality, like, where are you with Greg, your your hut? Like, because that's what you wanted to know. And you asked that asshole Quentin, which, by the way, he I the way he tried to just bolster you up. And he was a conard. I just was so angry at this guy. And I'm so glad you killed him Um, was do you think Greg and Quentin had an actual, cause you even asked Quentin while he was dying, you know, do you have a relationship with him? What do you think in heaven? Where are you at with that? Where did, do you think they had a sexual relationship?
0: Yeah. I think that they had a sexual relationship. Everyone's screwing everyone in that, in that little, in that little pot of man. I mean, just, I, I'm looking down on Greg and I already talked to God. I said, you sent him straight to hell. Yeah. He
2: straight to hell. See and do you want to see? Uh, Greg, I, I'm scared is still alive. Uh, you know, and I'm scared he's going to use your money to go back to a different White Lotus next season. We got to get him out, Tanya. And I know you're in heaven, so you have better things to do. But I, I just personally am, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, waging a one-man campaign against Greg. So don't you worry. Who have you met so far in heaven that you've really dug? Has there, has there been any, in, in, any big ones? Yeah, well, Elvis oh wow oh
0: yeah no he is something and we're just partying so hard together it's just been great elvis sings me a song every night and it's just been it's been wonderful i'd sleep with him get back at
2: greg yeah that's you know and that is and by the way is it what period of Elvis what time period of elvis is he in heaven
0: he's a hot just a young hot smoking piece of
2: piece of ass can i say ass brian you ass is fine you're it was the uncle fucker it was the uncle fucker that was the weird part um uh so so by the way i just want to assure people because people are so sad by the way at at your loss like i mean people genuinely were very sad and so that's got to feel good to know how much people love you but at the same time i want people to know that she is having a great time correct like are you just you're, you're not hiding your feelings or anything like
0: that. No, I'm just living. I'm really like, I'm free up here, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm free. And down there, I wasn't free. And now I can I can swim with all the fish up here. And I can, oh. you know, there's so many dead fish and so much stuff happening that
2: you wouldn't even believe. Wow. wait, Did you say there's so many, oh, dead fish. And then they yeah. get the fish go to heaven. Yeah. yeah. Have you- I mean, you have a complicated history, I'm sure, and we didn't get to go really into your uh, extended life on the show. Is there anybody been in your personal life that you've got to see up there? Anybody have you made amends with anybody?
0: Yeah, my mother.
2: Oh, yeah, he's here.
0: No, I threw in the ocean and when I was at the Maui hotel, and then I saw her here, and I just we're making amends. I love
2: I love that. That's got to that actually kind of in, And by the way, we're the holiday season you guys and this is the time to make amends with your loved ones and that's another thing that I think is great kind of the message of Tanya uh, that you're bringing to people. So my 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 thing is I don't want you to be sad. She is doing great. I mean, hanging out with a young Elvis, do you ever worry though that there's no chance at a Pete Davidson at this point? I mean, do you have any prospects of who you hope will get to heaven one day?
0: Well, yeah, I hope that Pete gets here because he's obviously so long a-donging down there for all the girls he's pulling. So one day he's going to get here and I'm going to rip him up. I'm just going to rip him apart, Ryan. I'm going to no, show I, him who's boss.
2: And if there's somebody that can do it, you could do it. And and I just think, is there any... Uh, uh, we're, we're wrapping this up here, but like, is there any... Uh, do you do any charity work up in heaven? Like, do you have a job? Do you, I mean, is it, is it free all the time? Or I mean, like, I'm just trying to wonder what the day to day is.
0: Well, my day to day is I wake up, I have a little breakfast with God. Who's just a wild time. Good guy. um, Yeah. He's a good guy. He's, you know, not what everyone says he is down there. He's better. He's like wild party animal. And we did, we eat, you know, cantaloupe together. And then I, Oh. And then I just, I hang out with Elvis and then I, 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 I do charity work with the dogs.
2: Now I heard this on your first night there, they had waiting for you. And I don't know if this is true. Oreo cookie cake. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Was that, was that nice? Cause you I had requested a hotel and you finally got it.
0: I finally got my Oreo cookie cake. The best place, the, the best way to describe this place is that it's just, it's a white lotus. And I always have a good time at the white lotus
2: uh tanya thank you so much i know you have so many interview requests right now and we don't want to make your first week in heaven just insanely busy so thank you for spending this small amount of time with us such a privilege and honor thank you for two seasons of just getting to know you and what a beautiful lady you are is there anything you'd like to say to my audience uh as we wrap up
0: just thank you so much i just god i love you my god it's just what a beautiful life we've all lived together and i just am so appreciative for Every single one of you and you, Ryan, just love
2: oh, you. Oh wow! Thank you. That's uh, you guys. This is Nicole Travolta, who I think is one of uh, the most brilliant comedic minds that we have right now, and she has done the most brilliant Jennifer Coolidge for a long time now. She also does Elizabeth Holmes. She's been on the podcast before. She's just one to watch and somebody you need to go follow on Instagram right now. Nicole, how sick of um uh, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, the imitation, are you? Because I feel like people are, are you on cameo yet
0: no you know what Ryan first of all thank you i adore you and thank you so much for all those nice words and um it, sorry my face hurts
2: I know. <laughs> no. by, by the way when you said dead fish i was like what a great line that was
0: why i'm like obsessed with her talking about fish um no i'm not Ryan i have a problem i feel bad charging people for <laughs> I'm going to be living in
2: my apartment for years. So Hollywood's not a great place for you, Nicole. I don't know if you know what the point sometimes is in Hollywood, (laughs) but you and you genuinely loved, like what I love about Nicole too. And I, I, you know, is that she does genuinely love, like, like you love, being characters you love like i love it's like this constant state of childhood at its best when you get to be an actor and especially get to do big characterizations but you do them so well and i feel like what a what a gift and i i had this thought and i dm'd her in the morning today and i was like would you and she was like yes but you have this sense of play which i think is so necessary um is there anything coming up that we need to be aware of for you like i mean i do think you need to go on cameo and do jennifer coolidge's for
0: would. you know what you know what i will this is gonna be i'm gonna i've done this people need to start i need to start sending messages being jennifer coolidge birthday messages and stuff i actually do have something very exciting coming up i am doing a one-woman show what yes and this is did i already
2: know this did you already i don't know
0: if i told you or not but it's i will send you all the can i be in it yeah
2: (laughs) Obviously. <laughs> That's okay. So you're doing a one woman show. When are you woman. doing this one? So woman show?
0: it's opening um, January 30th at the Groundlings here in Los Angeles. On you guys the main stage there. Wait on the so, main stage. Yeah. So oh, the,
2: you you guys. I went through the Sunday Company at Groundlings. Like I've been through the Groundlings is one of the top notch theater schools in the world. Most of SNL has come out of there at some point. It is just legendary, and I've had so many amazing memories and gotten so many great friendships out of there. I mean to be on the main. I am well. I am definitely going January. You have to
0: come. It's January. Is it already sold out? No. So the tickets haven't gone on sale yet. I think they'll go on sale probably the first week of January. So it's we have two dates there: the thirtieth and February twentieth. But it's called "I'm Doing All Right." It's like a storytelling about my life, and uh, there's characters, and I kind of weave it out of storytelling. And it's I love uh, this. I really, really. really,
2: Oh, I cannot wait to see this. Will you let me know when it's up so I can put a link on my stories and stuff like
0: that? 100%, I would be forever. Yeah, I'll do that.
2: No, I'll do that Yeah, yeah, yeah You're like, no I'll do that (laughs) That's certainly Um, uh, I I just really, really appreciate Going to your Instagram And watching your imitations All of the time And I know a lot of people Get joy from it So if you don't know Know the name now Nicole Travolta And I'm going to make her Come back on in January To do a full episode And just like torture her In so many different ways Before the one woman show At Groundlings, hopefully But I'm so proud of you Thank you for uh, entertaining me And this was just Such a weird idea, but thanks for playing ball. Thank you you for
0: asking me. I will never be sick of this. I love your childlike life and attitude and essence, and I would do this for you any day of the week. Uh,
2: Wait, could you just do Elizabeth Theranos, uh, Elizabeth Holmes from Theranos, real quick? Just (laughs) real quick.
0: Um, anytime you try to change the world, people react to it. Anytime you get on the Ryan Bailey podcast, (laughs) things change.
2: (laughs) I am really shocked you... (laughs) People, that was really scary. That was very scary, and I'm gonna have to what, take a Elizabeth second.
0: Holmes, Nicole being Elizabeth Holmes as Jennifer No, no it was just the Elizabeth
2: Holmes. Because while you were doing it, I was just thinking, like, wow, like she has like people have had sex with her, and like she's like, you know, it's just like that that scene in the Dropout where she's like dancing to. I was like, wow, that's so. Anyways, okay, this is supposed to be a small bit. Nicole Travolta. I'm gonna put her Instagram up. Go follow her today, you guys. I'm telling you, genuine laughs, which we need during the holidays the most of all. And January 30th, we'll be at the show at The Groundlings, and I'll tell you more about that as information comes out there. Thank you, Jennifer, Nicole, Elizabeth. Thank you, thank you. Mwah! You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only Nicole Travolta, uh, that made me Man, I was uh I was driving down to Arizona this weekend and I was uh by the way, Nicole Travolta is her Instagram handle. Um and she I think she's I think she's going big places. No joke. Um I was driving down to Arizona on Friday and I was listening to uh Howard Stern, which I only get to listen to here and here and there even though it's been such a big influence on me in my life and I just I'm just amazed at his production he has so many people work for him and he puts out like a four-hour show um well now it's just like three times a week and he gets a lot of break because he's been working all his life and he's a gazillionaire but he still puts on a seamless show he puts on a show that sounds so easy on the years but you know if you do any of this how hard it is and how seamless it comes off. And the ride to Arizona on Friday was so, such hellish. It was so hellish because just getting out of Los Angeles ever is hellish. It, it's like a town that tries to like just force you like back in, like you don't want to deal with this traffic. Come back to LA. And I listened to it and it was just, it was, it's so joyful when I get to listen to these things. And I listen in a different way than I did back then because now I listen to it of like trying to like, how do they piece this together? Like how do they do this uh so fascinating but nicole actually that bit reminds me of a stern bit um and i was like man this even podcasting you can do anything with it you guys and in 2023 if this is something you want to do remember you can do it you guys can put out your own podcast i'm not even joking don't ever give up on your dreams and if you have something to say say it that's just it. I, I want to encourage everybody to express themselves. And I think this is such a cool venue to do it. And I never forget how lucky I am. Uh, let's see here. Elon Musk gets vicious, viciously booed at Dave Chappelle's comedy show. This guy, he's he spent, what, $44 billion on Twitter. And people keep saying, like, he spent this all just so, like, he wants to be funny so bad. This Elon spent $44 billion so he can pop off like half-baked jokes on Twitter. Listen, I'm on Twitter for free and I pop off half-baked jokes and like I literally pay nothing. I won't even pay for that you could pay now like what is it? Like $8 a month for the blue check mark. And I was like, "No, I want the blue check mark, but I want it I want, I want it for the right ways for my talent." Uh but I guess uh he was doing a show in San Francisco and Elon came out and he got booed. I mean, I feel like that's on him, you know, Elon should be very careful about where he goes to these days. It, it is uh it's a wild world, but I wouldn't I don't know, I think he wants he secretly wants to be a stand-up comedian. He secretly wants to be a podcaster. I mean, how wild is that? I just think, man, like 44 billion dollars to own Twitter. It makes no sense to me at all. What another thing that doesn't make sense to me before we get to our main guest is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I'm going to do the recap on Wednesday uh, of last week's show, just so you get you in the mood for Wednesday's episode. But did you guys know... That Jen Shaw, it's like she she acts and tweets and she behaves like she is not going to prison. She is popping off all the time, and she went toe to toe with Lisa Barlow on Twitter. This Twitter is just a demon seed of a social media app. Jen Shaw writes on Twitter. She starts it. I'm back at Lisa Barlow. Get ready, bitch. And Lisa Barlow writes back, bitch. That's a word you should get used to hearing. <laughs> Are you mad that you didn't get a pair of la boutons and taking it out on me? Go spend time with your family. Listen, Jen, you should like at this point, like what what are you what are you gaining by still being fierce? What are you gaining? Like But also Lisa what a great comeback. That's a word you should get used to hearing, obviously referring to prison bitch. And I mean, like, honestly, Jen, what are you doing? It's okay to admit you're scared. It's okay to make amends. It's okay. And that's why Salt Lake City is the weirdest show going right now. I also went back and watched Real Houses of Miami, the new season episode four, when Linny gets caught on a hot mic. And these hot mic moments between Lisa Barlow from Salt Lake City last season, where she said Meredith F. half of New York to to Lenny Hochstein telling his buddy that he's not going to be married soon and that he doesn't sleep with his wife anymore because he would consider it cheating on the girl that he's cheating on his wife with. Wild. And this is the same episode where Lenny showed more emotion to their dog that they had to put, a, put down, which actually – I mean, guys, did you watch that yet? It got me so upset. Like, anytime I watch – I mean, I just can't even – I mean, like <laughs> – I would, get, but Lenny is more emotional about the dog than he ever is in this relationship with uh, with Lisa Hochstein. It's just wild, you know. Lenny's also doing this thing where he is—he's trying to win online, like Jen Shaw's doing, and it's like, Lenny, we're never going to like you, buddy. It's okay though. There's a big world out there. Don't try to win, Bravo fans. This ain't your scene anymore. This is not... It never was your scene. Your scene's, like, making girls have teardrop boobs, you know? Like, you're a boob guy, and, you know, you're in love with a new girl, and you cheated and all that stuff. Like, but don't try to go toe-to-toe with Bravo fans. You're not going to win that game, nor should you even want to. Why are you playing in the sandbox? By the way, this is very exciting news. I uh, I am on Sarah Galley's Andy's Girls podcast today. We had an amazing conversation, but we also announced we are going to be co-hosting her Annie's Girls. Uh, Sarah is uh, going to be heading up the whole thing, but I'll be her co-host on January 5th. January 5th, if you go to... Uh, Sarah's Instagram page. There's going to be all this information. Actually, I put it up on my Instagram too, and I'll put it up tomorrow too, where you'll be able to get tickets. I think starting on Thursday, unless you're a member of her Patreon. Um, and it, it sounds it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I uh, have a lot of fun with Sarah. We have a good time. Uh, so it'll be one of those things where it'll be online. And we're going to pull out all the stops. It'll be a great way to start the year. And it's only $12. So consider consider doing it. Consider coming with us on January 5th. I know it feels so far away, but it is going to come so, so fast. Trust me. Uh The Golden Globe nominations um, came out today. Do you guys... Pay attention to the Golden Globe nominations. The Golden Globes have has had has had a troubled history of late, uh, but also the Golden Globes are kind of uh, I hate to I hate to use the word sham, but listen, the Golden Globes are foreign critics supposedly, but the Golden Globes, the people that vote, it's usually around like seventy. To ninety people that vote on these awards, it's nothing like the Oscars, where there's thousands of people involved, uh, the best in each of their craft, and the the Oscars. But the Golden Globes were kind of created uh, as a money machine. So, and for a time you know, movie studios and producers and all that would try to wine and dine these foreign critics to basically buy an award. We were talking about the People's Choice Awards last week, which is, I wouldn't say similar because there's more people that vote on that than this. But the Golden Globes also is returning after a year because of ethical lapses and the racial makeup of its voting organization. And they had no black voters. And You know, God, I mean, when you're voting on films that, you know, especially if you're voting on films about black men and women, you need black voters there. I mean, I think that's like an obvious thing. So this year they are back with a vengeance and they added a more diverse group of journalists. To its voting pool. Now, this will air January 10th, 2023, and it's going to be hosted by the comedian Gerard Carmichael, who I thought just did a brilliant HBO special this past year. So I'm excited to see him as a host. But the nominations came out this day, uh today, this morning, and there was a lot of things expected, and then a lot of snubs. Now, Tom Cruise has returned his three golden, this is not a joke, three golden globes he had won over the course of his career. Um, And he did not get a nomination for Top Gun Maverick. And Top Gun Maverick is the number one box office film in the United States of 2022, hands down. So people were thinking he was a lock for a best actor, but he did not. But Tom also gave back his three Golden Globes after last year's scandal. So they're probably not rushing to give him a nomination, which is so funny when they play these kind of bullshit games with awards Uh, i mean i think it's funny that we you know there's a nomination for any of these things because you're just like how do you i always say how do you how do you determine best anything like i mean listen i mean when you if you had sisters or brothers did you determine best best cut kid did your mom go well actually parents actually do go that like you are my favorite uh, drama, motion picture, the nominees are Top Gun Maverick, The Fablemans, which is the new Steven Spielberg film, Avatar, The Way of Water, which comes out, I think, in two weeks. Uh, are you guys ready to see Avatar, the sequel with those blue, tall Navi people? Elvis is nominated for drama, motion picture, and Tar, which stars Kate Blanchett. Uh, let's see here. Other, uh, actor in a drama motion picture. You got a Hugh Jackman for The Sun. Never even heard of it. Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Austin Butler, Elvis, Bill Nye, and Living, and Jeremy Pope in The Inspection. Okay. Yeah. Supporting actor in a motion picture. You got Brad Pitt in Babylon, which is directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, who's an amazing director, uh, Eddie Redmayne in The Good Nurse, Brendan Gleeson in The Banshees of Inish, Inishurin. Barry Keoghan in The Banshees of Inishirin. In-shir- wow, I love the movies that I just ran And K. Hui Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, fun fact about uh, K. is he played Short Round in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. He was like, no time for love, Dr. Jones. And he was the cutest kid ever. And he's grown up to be this just really, this, everything everywhere all at once is a film that just, just, Inspire. I don't know. It just made me feel things. It just is a beautiful, beautiful movie. Give it a shot. I just loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, drama TV series. They do TV and film. Better Call Saul, House of the Dragon, Ozark, The Crown, and Severance. I just told you, I finished actually that audiobook of Bob Odenkirk, who plays Saul Goodman on Better Call Saul. And I would love it if he could get an award. Uh, he's truly had a fascinating career, Bob Odenkirk. And I really, you know, it's just one of those, he's a craftsman and I love... At uh, the end of the book, you know, he started in comedy and now he considers himself an actor and he never thought he was like, I never thought I would get the acting bug. It was just I, I was a sketch comedian. I was a writer. And now, you know, all these it just shows you life. You never know where life's going to take you, you know, like leave. Leave opportunities for life to surprise you, you guys. I hate to sound like a crotchety old, I'm going to give you advice. Uh, Sit on old, I was like, sit on old Ryan's lap. Sit on old Ryan's lap and let me give you advice. No, but it is true. Like life will take you into places that you never expect and just be open to that journey. Uh, I also love Severance. I think that is, I, I hope people, more people watch that. Uh, Supporting actress in a motion picture, you got Dolly De Leon in Triangle of Sadness, which I watched. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes this year, and it's a very—it's two and a half hours, very intense movie, very funny movie. Um, I do recommend it. You got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Angela Bassett, Carrie Mulligan for She Said, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of In Isherin, and Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. She's so hysterical in that movie. Actress in a musical or comedy motion picture, you got Leslie Manville. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Anna Taylor-Joy for The Menu. Emma Thompson, good luck to you, Leo Grande. Margot Robbie for Babylon, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Actress in a Drama Motion Picture, you got Olivia Colman, Empire of Light, Michelle Williams, The Fableman, Viola Davis, The Woman King, Kate Blanchett, Tar, and Anna de Arness for Blonde, where she plays Marilyn Monroe. Uh, the nominations for Musical or Comedy Motion Picture, Babylon, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, once, The Banshees of Inishirin, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and Triangle of Sadness. Actor in a musical or comedy film, Ray Fiennes for The Menu, Diego Calva for Babylon, Adam Driver for White Noise, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin, and Daniel Craig for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Director of a motion picture. You got James Cameron for Avatar. Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisherin, Baz Luhrmann for Elvis. Daniel Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Danielle Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I guess there was co-directors. And Steven Spielberg. I don't know if you guys have heard of him for The Fableman. So, uh, tons of other uh, categories as well, uh, like actor in a drama TV series. You got Bob Odenkirk, Jeff Bridges, Adam Scott, Kevin Costner for Yellowstone. Diego Luna for Andor, which is the Star Wars series. Actress in a musical or comedy TV series, Jean Smart from Hacks, Hacks. Kaylee Cuoco from The Flight Attendant, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Selena Gomez for Only Murders in the Building, and Jenna Ortega for Wednesday, which is on Netflix and is great. Uh, Actress in a miniseries, I don't know, Actress in a miniseries is going to be tough. You got Jessica Chastain for George and Tammy, which is a limited series on Showtime. Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. Julia Roberts for Gaslit, which nobody even knows about, but was on Showtime. Lily James was it in showtimes or was it epics uh uh, lily james for pam and tommy and julia garner for inventing anna that is going to be a hell of a category actor in a miniseries or motion picture for tv andrew garfield under the banner of heaven sebastian stan for pam and tommy taryn egerton for blackbird colin firth for the staircase and evan peters dahmer monster the Jeffrey Dahmer story actor in a musical or comedy TV series, Martin short, only murders in the building, Donald Glover, Atlanta, Bill Hader, Barry, Jeremy Allen, white, the bear and Steve Martin only murders in the building. Damn. That's a tough category too. Uh, musical or comedy TV series, Abbott elementary, the bear hacks Wednesday and only murders in the building mini series or TV film. You got the dropout, Pam and Tommy Dahmer, blackbird and the white Lotus. Um, The White Lotus is interesting because uh, I'm trying to find where Jennifer Coolidge got nominated for The White Lotus and Aubrey Plaza got nominated for The White Lotus. And those are, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't believe The White Lotus was not, I'm so, The White Lotus obsessed right now. I'm like, why wasn't this nominated for best film? Well, it's a TV show, Ryan, but still it's so good. The White Lotus, I think... Only got those two nominations for best and and I thought the 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 wife okay, here we go, okay, no f Marie Abraham got nominated uh who plays the grandpa Jennifer Coolidge, Aubrey Plaza, um man, there should have been I thought Megan Fahey deserved a golden Globe nomination. Oh, she was amazing. She played Daphne Sullivan who we talk about in this episode with Christy. But those are your Golden Globe nominations, folks. I I know you might find those boring, but I'm I'm trying to like find my love for film again because I don't want it to be a dying art form. I know film will always be around, but I the theater going experience I think is what I wish for. Is that we don't really have much of that anymore unless it's for like a Marvel film or a superhero film, which you know I love. I'm a geek for But I don't know. Or is it one of those things that we should just let go? Is it one of those things that we just have to let things happen? You know, things happen as they are and let people, you know, is it one of those things that I grew up with such a love for a movie theater and I worked at a movie theater. I also worked at a blockbuster video store and that's not there anymore either. I mean, what do you guys think? Are you still wanting the movie going experience or are you over it? Like, it's weird, And it's almost, it seems like there's so much good stuff being made. I mean, even apart from all the reality series that we love, I don't know. I just keep thinking about it. Um, You guys, let's get into our guest. Uh, Remember, on Wednesday, we'll be doing a Salt Lake City recap. Thursday, we have a special guest. And then Friday, we'll be doing the season finale of... Winterhouse, house. Uh, you guys really liked when I did last week's episode. So I guess I'll just sum it all up. Plus there'll be pop culture stories. There's going to be pop culture stories every day. Um, thank you guys for being so loyal to me. And also thank you to Jen Heater who sent um, my parents these beautiful socks um uh about fighting cancer and they were very cute and very appreciated and i have a picture of my mom holding them up to show you but i really really appreciate that 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 brought uh, a smile and a tear to a smile to my face and a tear to my eye but it was really really a beautiful sentiment so thank you jen Okay, you guys, here is the main event. This interview goes all over. I will mark where the White Lotus conversation starts, which is at the end of the episode. Um, So if you're trying to not spoil it for yourself, I think you're, you know... I mean, at this point, you're kind of shit out of luck, but I'll be nice and put a stamp where the conversation starts if you want to dip out. But this is a free-ranging conversation that goes over our love of pop culture and how she got started podcasting, why she's doing it. Um, I always find people's journeys the most fascinating thing, you know? I mean, pop culture is something that we all have in common and that we all love, but people's journeys on how they got there and why they love it in the first place are fascinating as well. I think you're going to really like Christy as we get into this interview. And like I said, I recommend starting with the House of Hilton episode on X knows all. But here she is, Christy. And I will see you guys on Wednesday. Remember, join the patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good if you want to watch the beautiful StreamYard video that Meditza put up. And we'll be doing, of course, some Patreon episodes this week as well. I'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Welcome back to So Bad It's Good. Uh, we just heard from Tanya McCoy from White Lotus, who unfortunately, and I want you to know, this is going to be a spoiler heavy episode because we're going to start with white lotus and we're going to work our way down and i have the perfect person here to talk with me today i was on her show a little bit ago and i needed to return the favor but you know how i were i'm like so like ah oh, just whatever happens i pace it all together and let's go babe, you know so i need to introduce you to somebody um she is awesome her name is christy but the podcast you guys is called x knows all and it is worth your time you guys i i and people always, uh, some people will be like, Oh, I, I've, I've found so many good podcasts through you. And then I've gotten the, like, why, you know, are you nervous about that? I'm like, no, there is so there, It's like the more, the merrier, like one person's thoughts are going to be different than the other person's thoughts. And that's what makes pop culture go round. That's the fascinating part of it is that we all have a different take on these things. And I have somebody amazing to talk pop culture with today. Um, so Christy from X knows all welcome to the
3: show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for that introduction, and I completely agree with what you were saying about even though we all are in the same community of like pop culture, celebrity obsessed, real housewives obsessed. Like, one person's success doesn't take away from another's. It's like rising tides raise all ships.
2: That's like, I mean, I I came from an acting background, and that was the you know the thing of like no like everybody's different, you know, like everybody has their own special sauce. And the thing is, even as a listener, it's like, you guys find the special sauce that you like on your burger or whatever you eat, you know, like, but also there's, there's so, I feel like we're in the golden age of not just television, uh, White Lotus season two last night, but the golden age of podcasting as well. There's never been so many voices represented and so many different voices. And also I always love how podcasting is really, I feel like one of the best places where females get to have a voice. Do you find that to be true?
3: Yes. And I think that it's really nice having like just recently entered this community of podcasting. How long you been doing this? Honestly, like I've, I think I have to date maybe like a little less like 29 episodes, I think. And I started in December, like this time last year. So you're like a year
2: anniversary of the podcast.
3: Yes. And I think when I first started doing it, I was also like, I do this as like a, a side project. It's mainly just a hobby. I have a full-time job. Um, uh, and wait, what, what,
2: are, what are these full-time jobs I keep hearing about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: It's like, the thing is, it's like I do my full-time job like from like the normal working hours. And then I devote all my time to the podcast on the weekends or like at night or early mornings. But I found that the best part about being in this space is not even necessarily doing the research for the content that I'm putting out. It's mainly the people that I'm engaging with either listeners of the podcast or people that are in the same space. That to me is the most fulfilling part.
2: It is, but like, then it gets to a part where it's like, you can't sometimes, and this is not a, uh, I'm not complaining. Sometimes I, I can't keep up with it. And I, you know, you are the person you've always been like, I've always been a highly disorganized person. And I'm not saying like, so I'm still a highly disorganized like person. I want to talk to everybody. Not, I, I don't even be just on the podcast, but I want to interact with every listener. I want to interact. And sometimes you just can't, but it is one of the coolest things in the world That's why I love pop culture is that, like, we might disagree on so many different things, religion, war, politics, all of this stuff. But what we can agree on sometimes is the most basic form, which is pop culture, of something that made our hearts feel full or our hearts filled with rage, how Lisa Rinna acted on Beverly Hills. (laughs) It always goes back to Rinna. It always goes back to Oh, it's (laughs) like I'm I'm obsessed. Or even, like, White Lotus – You know, that's I mean, tell me about like, where where did you grow up and what was your relationship with pop culture growing up?
3: Yeah. So when I have been celebrity obsessed since I was a little kid and also growing up in Orange County and being at like an hour away from L.A., I was a kid like I didn't I did gymnastics, but like besides gymnastics, I was. Telling my mom, like, oh, the Olsen twins are having this, like, they're doing a (laughs) meet and greet. Can you drive me to Burbank? Oh, mom, Hilary Duff is going to be signing her album, uh, Metamorphosis in Burbank. Can you drive me up there? Mom, can I have the money to get, be a part of Mary-Kate and Ashley's fun club? Like, I was always obsessed with celebrity pop cultures. And I used to subscribe to J 14, like Tiger B, all those things. Oh like, man, I remember, I mean, I even,
2: dude, I grew up on a street in Kansas with all girls that would have like bop and all these like magazines. And this is back in like new kids on the block where the boy band days, you guys, not backstreet boys, but they would each have their guy and they yep. would, their walls would just be plastered of tear outs from bop magazine and sweet 16 or whatever the hell these magazines were. And you were one of these people that you were like, I have to be there.
3: Hundred percent, and like I love that you brought up the, the the magazine spread because you would have the glossy posters, and you would like they would be folded like in the magazine, when you fold <laughs> out it would be a huge poster, yes. and you put it on your ceiling or you put it on your wall. Like that is not a thing anymore. But oh. I think for me, like I was, I think we talked about this on my show too. Like we were the people that were like Perez Hilton obsessed, refreshing, yeah. refreshing, refreshing every moment of every day. So like, and I think it's so interesting to see how the pop culture sphere has like it's kind of. It's available to everyone at this point because of social media. Well, that's what,
2: and and but yeah, totally. And by the way, because I, I I was um, I'm I'm putting in an email to Demois about you, and I was I was talking to her to, on today's episode, and I was saying like you know in a way it's so interesting how it's uh, exploded in a way where even like Demois is a cultural figure herself now, and it's yes. almost like building the perfect beast like Perez Hilton. Okay, we know what didn't work with Perez, even though I was refreshing 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 Obsessed. we Obsessed. know 10 years later you know so there's always this thing that we learn from them and we kind of build this perfect machine but what i love about dojo is the secret identity i love that we are all i feel dojo you yes. are I, I am like we are all guilty of trying to find the truth and the secret and all of these little hidden mysteries that taylor swift gives us every like you know that gets mm-hmm. us excited and it's nothing to be
3: shameful about like this is just stuff we like and I think it like people, and I'm sure like I remember you mentioned this on my show when you had come on is like being a straight man from Kansas. I'm sure there was an expectation. Hey, I you told to, you, like, do not sports. spread that
2: do not spread that rumor about me. Even though it's true, do not spread that I'm a straight <laughs> male out there. If it gets out too far, I'm <laughs> fucked. Yeah, yeah.
3: Exactly. But it's like we're like told as a society you should care about sports or music. But it's like, what about sports or music or pop culture is any less or more vapid than the other? right? It's just, (laughs) it's, it's an escapism at the end of
2: the day. Well, it's escapism and it's also a fandom, whether it be sports, whether it be, you know, you could be a fan of actually just like your friends too. There's a fandom there. There's always people that are at the hierarchy of that, but everything is a fandom, you know? And I, I always wonder, you know, somebody will write papers on this one day of like who we choose to stand and what what yeah. draws somebody towards and it, like, cause I feel like Taylor Swift is, you know, wow. At the top of her game in terms of not only her artistic output, but from a fandom level of like, what a way to play into your fandom with every release and like really get, I mean, when they say Taylor army, I truly believe it's going to be an army one day.
3: Oh, I mean like her following, I think I'm trying to remember like what other celebrity has had this type of trajectory, like the Beatles Well, no. And and no,
2: you know why not the Beatles? Because the Beatles, you guys only lasted like nine or 10 years. Like remember from conception to with them playing in the, yes, the Beatles only, the Beatles broke up, which by the way, there's a great Peter Jackson, nine hour documentary on Disney plus about the making of let it be. And it's just gorgeous. Like Peter Jackson did such a great remastering job, but remember there, it was like, but every Everything they did was perfect, every jam, but this was only in a small amount of time. And we always think of the Beatles as forever because their music lasted forever. But Taylor Swift has already outlasted the Beatles in terms of artistic output. And I know I'm gonna get hate emails about this, but it's true you might not like she might not have has as many bops in the early albums as she, you know, learned her craft. But also, she was much younger when she started than the Beatles did. I mean, they started in their tr- eight, I mean, they started young, some of them, but they were in the Cavern Club getting their 10,000 hours, you know?
3: Right, right. It's like that book, Malcolm Gladwell or whatever, that outline. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was like the 10,000 hours or whatever. It's like you need to have a certain number of hours to excel in your craft. And I think to your point, Taylor Swift has far exceeded that quantity of hours to where she is just oh untouchable.
2: I mean that's what you you know look at these people and you're like they're so used to doing this. The things that would give us uh, agita or fear. It's like they, you know, she can just sing at the drop of a hat. Like she would she could sing in front of a president and be fine. Like this is like how they were built uh, mm-hmm. and this is how what these hours go into just like podcasting. So what makes you with a normal job a year ago go I need I'm I'm I've been a fan of all of these things for all my life. What made you or inspired you to be like, I need to pick up a mic and get my thoughts out there.
3: That's such a good question. I, so I've told you so much about my friend, Emily, who introduced Me to you, and you're like, you're a podcast and you're instagram. What up, Emily? By
2: the way, way, we before we came on, she goes, Emily's worried about you that you're not taking enough time off. And I was like, Oh no. I say I hate when fans worry. I'm like,
3: I love I love doing this. Let me do it until I die. You're you're so goddamn good. It's like I want Ryan to like it's like when Ariana Grande was at the height of her career and Scooter Braun was pushing her to death to like perform after Manchester. I'm like, just take a take a breath, Ariana. Like it's all in your best interest, but just know your content is by the
2: way ryan i just want to say uh 6 45 p.m i just want to pull this as a pull quote she compared me to ariana grande that is how good guys just if you didn't know you were listening to greatness she just said i'm like ariana grande but by the way yeah. i'm also my own scooter Braun, because i'm the only one pushing me too you know like but what about what about you though well give okay. me yours
3: so the reason I bring up Emily is because when we both lived in San Francisco in 2018, we actually had a podcast. So this was like pre and pot when everyone and their mother and every bachelor guy had a podcast, but we had a podcast. and <laughs> That still kind of
2: happens, Christy. A
3: hundred percent. But we had this podcast in SF where we talked about dating and relationships. Okay. And I was kind of like the producer of that. Like I edited the show. I taught myself how to use GarageBand. So it wasn't, it was like something that we did for like maybe a couple months and then we just stopped doing it because. It became too much work and was starting to impact our friendship. But now fast forward a couple... A couple years later, which is why I'm like so glad I could never, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Like I could never do a show with someone else because I just need full control over everything that goes on. Well, I've had po-
2: I've had podcast breakups. I've podcasted with friends where I've had friendship breakups that's affected the pod. Like it's yes. it's so weird, you guys. And you guys that don't have podcasts don't realize. Like it's it's you know things break up just like they do in real life, and it's it's like a weird. It's so weird when that happens with podcasting because I assume if you have a job at like an accounting firm you don't break up with your other accountants be, you know, like you're still able to do numbers, but with podcasting, when you're a team, it sometimes can be hard if you start to get off the same page.
3: Yeah. And it started to become one of those things where like, well, our entire relationship has now morphed into this business that we've, and it to, to be clear, like we weren't making any money. It was strictly a hobby, but it started to become like, we started to become like kind of like, people would recognize us in San Francisco and people would on dating apps would started to recognize me like executives at my work started asking me about the podcast. And like the thing with that was, it was centered around our lives, our personal lives, guys that we were hooking up with guys that we were dating. We brought them yeah, on the yeah. show. Like it was crazy, but this is more <laughs> of just, it's like, I'm a Jason. Is that show still out there? So It's still out in the archives. What's yeah, it it's called? Like really, it's really embarrassing. It's called shade and fog.
2: Shade and fog. It's well, so I like embarrassing.
3: Uh, like SF. Um, and like, so you how- guys
2: stopped that podcast though. And then how long until you conceived of X knows all, or even because when I did my podcast breakup, I took a, uh, it was a, about a, the Kardashians. I took a lot of months to, I mean, I think it was like six months where I was, I would guest on people's shows, but I didn't think I had it in me to do a solo show. I didn't think I could do a solo show. Like I didn't believe in myself. What made you decide to do it?
3: For me, I had moved during the pandemic, I was living in the city of San Francisco for like five years. And then I moved back down to orange County where my parents lived and like living in a city and then moving back to the suburbs of Southern California was like vastly different from like a lifestyle perspective, from like a friend's perspective. It just felt like very isolating. And also like we were stuck at home and I felt <laughs> like I just kind of got used to this like sedentary, isolating lifestyle. Cause I wasn't going into the office. Everything was done via zoom, whatever. So then I was like, I think the way for me to like reconnect with people while being in a suburban area is to do the podcast. And it was honestly just like a thing that I was like, how many people are going to listen? Like a couple of my friends and like people that are into pop culture from work. But like, now it's actually become this thing with granted. It's like my listenership is like a fraction of yours, like a very small, small fraction, but it feel like these people are like your friends, you know, like I feel like yeah, I yeah, yeah. A no, no, no,
2: no. That's what it is. I mean, it's like, that's it. Exactly. That. And you've expressed my love for it to say like, it's when I Go to a mic. I know who I'm talking to. Like I know yes. the people that I hope I'm. To- I think it's those people, and so it does feel very personal. That's why you know if you get a bad review, if you get it, a- and by the way, what do we say when guests are on? You guys, you immediately go subscribe and hit five stars. Because they're doing such a service for us for free to come on and grace us with their appearance. But like it it, it gets very personal with that because all you know, you will read a review or even you know, you'll have heavy commentary on something and your own opinion, which is what it's about, is having your own opinion. And some people take your opinion and they get so upset about it. Somebody got so upset about my opinion about Bethany Frankel the other day, and I felt so bad, but I was like. I'm glad you can have your opinion. I'm sorry that I might not agree with your, uh, you know, I'm sorry I don't like the your favorite, but um, it's never, it might come off as mean or malicious, but at the same time, like, if you love pop culture, you're going to have an opinion on something. You're going to have an opinion on what you're watching and not everything is for everyone. And it's just that simple, but I would never begrudge somebody else for liking somebody else.
3: I love that you're bringing up like, just your thought process of like, my opinion is my own. We're free to discuss and have different opinions. And that's great. And I think it's really important to point out too. I think the way that when you and I go on hop on the mic and we've done this for a while now, you far longer than me. And we make it seem like it's very seamless, right? Like people think, oh, you can plug in your mic through a USB, hook it up to your computer, press publish, and it's all good to go. Like the, the, the amount of time and effort and like blood, sweat and tears and like personal equity yes. that you have into the yeah. show is so monstrous. And like you said, not only is it just like, you're not crunching numbers in Excel. This is your work, your opinions that you're putting out there. And then to have someone come out and critique it when all you're trying to do is be honest and like <laughs> give out free content is the most upsetting thing. And I'm so, <laughs> so sensitive. So it really, bothers Oh, me. I
2: I've had to stop at times. I've had to stop listening to or reading reviews, which sucks yeah. because some of it was like, I was like, well, listen, my thing on reviews, like if 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 there's a like there was one review where it was like, Oh, your mic is crackling so much, it's so annoying. And I was like, That's a great note. Like, I didn't realize that in the edit. I'm so right. and I was like, but then when they're like, I disagree with you fundamentally and I hate you and you're a loser, that sucks. Or like I was talking to the audience even about the Kanye stuff, you know, I had fell into that trap of leaving a comment under Kanye's thing to get help. And I got death threats from it last week. And I was like, that's wild. People take this stuff. And I was like, but, but I have to remind myself, I choose, I chose to make that comment to get help. I choose to do this podcast. Have you, what is your worst night of podcasting? Mine is always the thing where I, I used to do these six hour episodes during the pandemic and oh yeah, I would do it What well, do in the
3: bathroom. What did you do? Oh, no, no, the, no, the, no. The I
2: would, I would, pa- I would pause and do, oh, okay. do my stuff. No, but like, they were like six crazy. hours. It would be three guests. My parents, people, old schoolers know this. And I would do it like a radio show, like a, like a long form radio show. You could listen to during the pandemic. Yeah. And I didn't have a good enough computer. So it would go right. I, I was processing on GarageBand, and I lost six Stop. hours with, and, and that, and that's, you know, you're talking oh you know collecting the interviews through the week and then the final edit it's like 24 hours of work and and right and it would always be at five in the morning and this is when I also had a real job but it was during the pandemic so you'd have to like go oh it was the worst What has your worst moment been so far podcasting
3: first of all when you were saying that like my stomach actually dropped like that is horrible I'm so sorry like I to even when garage band crashes you're just like oh it's, well, actually, it's funny you bring that up because I would say it happened this past week when I had Sophie Ross on. By the way, you I, guys,
2: she had Sophie Ross, our Monday co-host, uh, every two weeks. She was on her podcast this week, which you got to go listen to. They talk about so right, Charnas, they talk you know, like and I, Tanks, so, yeah. T- <laughs> I haven't gotten to listen yet. What is, uh, what, is, what is your guys' opinion on Tinks?
3: Okay, so I was like, I think me and Sophie had different opinions because I was just like, a basic bitch that really enjoyed her content. And Sophie came from the point of view of like, I've never found her relatable. I don't understand her shtick. I didn't find the content very value, value add for me. But I think I think it's interesting because we both come at come at it from different sides. But I think a lot of people are coming at like Redditors on fire, being like, Oh, you know, you guys are all blaming Ariel Charnas for having this like duplicitous lifestyle and her. And by the way, you guys, Ariel
2: Charnas, we talked about with Demois, but I did that interview on Thursday. So the article had not come out yet, you guys. And what I was telling the audience today on Monday's podcast that I would get into a little bit of Ariel Charnas, which I know this is how I always do. You guys we will get to White Lotus, I swear. But the Ariel Charnas thing, what we heard, and then what actually happened were two different
3: things. Can you explain to the audience? Completely different things. Yeah. So people on Reddit were up in fire and flames for weeks ahead of this business insider article that was expected to drop last Thursday of last week. And so people are waiting every day that's passed They're like, when is it going to drop? When is it going to drop? But people are making insane allegations <laughs> to the effect of like nothing to even really do with her business and more with her relationship with her husband, who she shares three children with.
2: So divorce, he got to jail, all this stuff. He,
3: he's embezzling three to $5 million from something Navy. Um, he cheats on her allegedly, not only just cheats on her but he cheats on her allegedly with men one of them being this guy named um preston nicholas oh, oh, who's like oh this i didn't twink. even know they
2: they i didn't even so they even went that specific
3: oh oh yeah two men one that should we get allegedly- rid of
2: reddit by the way is
3: <laughs> no rid of reddit, reddit reddit is just where i get all my information like all my episodes are like research-based like and oh I think- dude
2: you know i've never like i have a reddit account i guess but i don't go on it because i'm always scared of reading. like people have sent me stuff about myself where i was like oh that is weird, but then it has, it's a great place for information, but sometimes it just gets so in the weeds, but you love it it's your play i'm, it's
3: your a, I'm obsessed playground like, because i think that people just like us who are in such a niche community of like new york city influencer snark tink snark um <laughs> real Housewives of beverly hills like very a niche community like the podcasting community that all understand the outside jokes and everyone is so fucking funny like i'm obsessed so people on reddit were saying that like dropping names of like this like twink guy named preston nicholas who brandon charnas allegedly hooked up with and this they is all
2: alleged, you guys this all is all i want to make put
3: that All alleged. Allegedly, he has slept with this uh, guy who is husband with this woman named Stephanie Gottlieb, who's actually on Summer House. Interestingly enough, like all this crazy stuff with her husband coming out. And then when the Business Insider article drops, everyone's just waiting for this like flaming, crazy article about Brandon. Which is behind
2: a paywall, by the way. They put the article behind a paywall.
3: Which was so, so genius. And basically (laughs) what came out was that something Navy's business was falling to the ground, that she wasn't paying vendors, she wasn't paying her employees timely. Uh, she didn't want to know anything about the like profit and loss statement, like all she wanted to like, Seemed like she was over it. She was completely over it. And I think people were really pissed off because they were like, this is why you don't believe Reddit, because we make something a mountain out of a molehill. And then other people like Sophie, who brought up a really good point, she's like, okay, the article wasn't what we had expected. However, I think it's a scathing, scathing egregious like, mark on Ariel Charnas, considering that she portrays, like, she's such a wealthy, affluent person in New York City, which I'm sure she is to a degree, but she's toting Hermes bags, Birkin bags, Chanel, whatever, and she's also not paying vendors. Like, it's just not a good look.
2: But isn't that also the power of perception and how we want to come off as, I mean, and we're talking even not just celebrities. We're talking about me, even, like, when I used to have a personal account, like, I would pose, if I, I, I rarely post myself posing in pictures anymore like because i'm really i get weird with how i look but it's like when i did back in the old days i would make sure it was a good photo that i was like i'm comfortable and this is not even face tuning but we all are kind of guilty of this but she takes it to such a degree but do we have any do you think about um You know, we always talk about journalistic integrity and responsibility and all that. Where do you think that stands with podcasters? Uh, Like, do we have, should we have uh, ethics and a certain way? And how do you go about that uh, in in doing all the research and going down these rabbit holes? I mean, mm Ariel Charnas was like, yeah, she is still guilty of being um, really snobby and show off. shitty employer. Yeah, yeah, shitty employer. All these things, but it wasn't to... The degree that the, right. you know, town square pitchfork mob wanted it to be. And we almost wanted to see this huge story that brought every like we wanted the insanity. We wanted a plot line of, of White Lotus with yeah, their story.
3: We do. And I think that I think people almost wanted to see her fail because to your point, she is this like aspirational type human. Like she has money. She has three beautiful kids. They send them to private schools. Her husband's seeming like a doting husband. It's almost like you hate you love to hate her because she's like something that maybe we aspire to be like secretly. I think that with to your original question about like journalistic integrity and with podcasting and everything, I try really like when I did the house of Hilton episode, which was to date my most like, which by the way, episode. you guys, she
2: does an amazing house of Hilton episode, which um, that's this book right here, yes. the house of Hilton. <laughs> of
3: course you have it. Yeah. By did the way,
2: the- I, uh, yeah, I paid a pretty penny for this. This is a hard, this is, and this is by the way, you all you girls and guys out there, when you get drunk, you always go, I bought myself this crazy purse or this shoe. When I get drunk, I buy house of Hilton. Like I was like, you know what? You deserve this, right? $40. You deserve House of Hilton. Like that's up that without a badge. I'm drunk. This is exactly this is <laughs> what I buy when I'm drunk. It's like shit like that.
3: I fucking your your dude. Oh my god, never, I I almost think I was drunk at my
2: parents' house on Saturday night after the Patreon live, you guys, and I and I'm really proud of myself. I like that was the other thing. Like I don't have a lot of money, but I was like I will I would buy myself a record, like a vinyl, because like I was like into collecting Amazing. vinyl, and I was after the Patreon. Uh, everything had went good, and I was like, let's look at. And I I had like Prince Greatest Hits one and two on there. Yeah. I had Jay Z The Blueprint, and I was about to hit like, I- and then I was like, you know what? And I did. I walked away from yeah. the phone. But I—that is what I do when I get tipsy, and I, I'll buy myself vinyl or Bravo uh, or pop culture-related books.
3: No, I'm upset. Like I, yeah. What happened to your old studio, by the way? Did you move? Uh, I that way
2: Yeah, I moved. Okay, yeah. so okay, because yeah. I was like,
3: I missed the old studio setup when you had literally every like, yeah, everything. Like, yeah, I pillow know. talk.
2: So, well, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, that'll that'll be back eventually. Uh, when I get a new, yeah, yeah. No,
3: that, it, well, it set the me. scene when I met you.
2: Sorry. So, we, yeah, no, totally, I miss it, and it will be back, but. Okay. So, okay. Re- journalistic integrity. Journalistic integrity, Yeah.
3: Okay. Yes. So when I did my house of Hilton episode, I made sure to be very, very pointed with how I was speaking about it because I know that Kathy Hilton, I mean, she's even looked at your shit. She's liked and commented on your shit. dude.
2: Did I tell you the other day? Well, I, I mean, I told the audience, but I told Rick Hilton liked one of my posts Stop. the other day. I don't, I don't follow Rick Hilton. I don't Wait, know. What? Rick. Rick Hilton liked the photo I put up of Harry Dubin and Ramona making out. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: Dang, it's like I know that they troll, like they're looking at it. So I was I was actually scared. I was like, they're going to listen to it, and then they're going to send me a cease and desist. Like I was actually scared. So I had like a disclaimer up top when I'm talking about like really like serious allegations you're like I'm full of shit uh this is a disclaimer uh (laughs) yeah loser literally I'm like I have nothing to my name like whatever (laughs) you can't Uh, take anything yeah so but I I think typically like all say it up top. This is all like alleged, but it's not a blind item podcast either. Like some people, when I first started, I was like, you're copying beyond the blinds. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. it's like literally like, I don't even, I don't even know how to read a blind item website. It's all just like, I try to go with like research-based like facts or stories that I read on Reddit. And I'll explicitly say this is from a user on Reddit. It's not factually like checked out, whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's a hard line to, to kind of edge because we're not backed by a publishing agency. We're not backed by anything. We're backed by me, myself and I. So What, I don't was, know the, what you- was the
2: most horrific, but I know this is going all over the place, but what was the most horrific um, item you found out about House of Hilton or in House of Hilton that you brought up on the episode? Just to so, tease the, the
3: folks. Yeah. So allegedly based on the book, yeah, big. so they refer to the mother as Big Kathy and then Little Kathy yeah. as Kathy Hilton. They said that Big Kathy essentially this is like so bad, but like push her daughter, like kind of like pimp them out almost yeah. because she, she wanted nothing more than to have these kids have wealth. And she wanted them to marry rich. And that was always the end all be all. It wasn't about education. It wasn't about being a good person. It was about pimping them out to rich husbands. So she would basically stop at nothing to get them to do that. And like there were allegations that she even like was teaching them how to perform like sexual acts at a very young age, such that oh, they could like yeah, pleasure yeah, yeah. a man. And it's, it's very explicit and very dark. And I think a lot of it, Makes, I mean, if you were to take those allegations as true, then it kind of makes sense why Kim Richards has suffered so much because she was not only a child star in Hollywood, but she also had a mother like Big Kathy, so it kind of all just—it's all in the. It sauce makes sense like, psychologically. It makes, so sense. It makes it and by the
2: way, it also makes sense when you see how Kathy reacts to Kyle. You see how yes. Kyle tries to go. You know, Kyle is that person. You know, not fully trying to escape the family, but trying to make her way. You know, with Mauricio and the agency. Which, by the way, did yes. you read that article today about the agency almost getting sued again?
3: Wait, no, because because I actually I want to hear your thoughts on this before you dive into that article because yeah. a lot of people say that. People shouldn't be getting mad at Mauricio because Mauricio, because basically, for anyone that's not familiar, Mauricio left Hilton and Highland, which is the Hilton Real Estate, which is Rick agency,
2: Hilton's company. Yeah.
3: Right. To start his own practice, which now became the agency, which is like flourishing and now has a Netflix show, which we all know. So people were saying, kind of standing up for Mauricio, almost saying like, well, who can blame him? Like you're working your ass off at one company. They're not going to make you partner. So you go off and do your own venture, which is actually quite common in like many businesses, like accounting business, legal practice, whatever. So like what side are you on if you think about the Mauricio versus Hilton? Like, do you think that Mauricio was valid? Like, I just feel like there's a lot of family tension and animosity between the Hiltons and the Umanskis simply because of that breakup.
2: I brought up the fact that Rick Hilton has never been forced to be on Beverly Hills once. He has not ever been. I think he was in it for a brief on a video thing of the holiday episode. Like there was a holiday episode, but like what we did over Christmas, you saw Rick in the deep background of a scene, but it was nowhere like he does not have to play ball. But there was a L.A. Times article today. This is the headline, Will a Legal Saga Over a $70 Million Malibu Mansion Derail the Star of Buying Beverly Hills? And it's this whole article that came out today about Mauricio Omansky and the agency and all the lawsuits that they're in. And it's truly fascinating, you guys. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but it really is interesting because they're saying like, you know, he's doing deals with like the Saudis he's doing deal like the, and he's, you know, over inflating the price of certain houses, this article alleges, what? and it is the LA times, but I have to mention the LA times, they must be secret. Like Beverly Hills housewives fans because they broke 100%. the Girardi stuff. Yes. They broke, like, 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 there's never a week that goes by that the LA times is not having, an, and, and by the way, and I'm not talking like just small us weekly articles. I'm talking deep in depth reporting about these people.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, like I grew up in LA In orange County, like LA times is like our New York times. It's the biggest publication on like arguably on the West coast, maybe besides the Washington post. But like, that is actually salacious and incredible. Like I need to re- read this article.
2: Yeah. Guys, I'm going to link to it in the article, but like, so we can all catch up, but it's very interesting because Mauricio in all like, you know, from the outside, which it's all about perception hollywood and pop culture is that he's the best he's ever been he has a Mm -hmm. netflix series now that in no way is tied to bravo and it has his his daughters in it uh he was able to separate from hilton and highland and he is a general bon vivant where we all think of him as the coolest house husband on bravo because he's always like just being cool but behind Mm. the scenes you know, mo money, more problems. There seems to be lawsuits. Jelle. There seem, you know, you never know. So I'll be very interested to see where this story, uh, goes. And I'm very yeah. curious too, if Kyle will, uh, Kyle will definitely do another season of Beverly Hills, but at a certain yeah. point, I always wonder just like the Kardashians, why keep going? Why is there a, uh, I always like was talking with a guest last week. Like, when would you stop? Like, Wins yeah. the. I was talking to Kelly from Beyond the Blinds. I said, yeah, yeah, "I yeah. said, how much money would it take for you to stop podcasting and go? You know what? I'm just gonna like. Because by the way, we're not doing this for money to begin with. But yeah. If you were, what is the dollar amount where you'd be like, I'm just gonna go enjoy my life and go to the White Lotus hotels?
3: I think that too. With Kyle Richards, is she people were saying on Reddit are theorizing that because Mauricio signed with Netflix for this like this show she that's probably why she was less like inhibited or she was a little bit, she was less inhibited this season. Yeah, she She's like, like, we got
2: that Netflix money now.
3: E- exactly. I think that she saw that, like, you know, if this doesn't fare well for me, then I always have this backup with Mauricio now and my daughters. And I think she's trying to turn out like this, like second wave of like maybe Nikki and Paris for like Farrah and well, there's a
2: second season of Paris Hilton's show. Like you said, like yep. there is a, I mean, I always like, and also I swear to God, you guys, we will end with White Lotus. But now I'm just like, this is how conversations no, go. You get fascinated.
3: Go. I'm so interested what, to hear about this. What is this
2: your you? take on uh, you know the Kardashians? Because we talk about big families and the Womanskis are becoming a Beverly Hills family. The Hiltons already were. A House of yeah. Hilton was written long, a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But then you have the Kardashians who are uh, – I, listen, I know you guys – a lot of you guys super hate them and I'm, and a yeah. love hate with them, but I always say you cannot deny, and you have to pay attention to their moves and their power. Where do you ever mm-hmm. get into the weeds with these on any reddits with Kardashians?
3: Uh, so it's, so it's one of those things where I've really like admired them from afar, just based on like the businesses that they've built. And I think that like, no matter what you say about like Kim Kardashian, uh, I've heard nothing but like incredible things about who she is as a professional. How she. I shows hear she's up. always
2: like, yo, yeah, yeah. She's always a uh, smile. Nice. Will always take a picture with you. Yes, you yes. know, Very
3: pleasant. Professional. She, yeah, yeah she's pleasant and professional. And I love that she she hasn't really let this get over her head. Like, and I think that I just like that she's she's kept humble throughout all this. I think it speaks a lot about how she was raised and just like her values. Um, I will say that the what they've done for like the body image movement for women in particular and how. <laughs> How interesting that they've been able to meld to their figures. And someone actually brought this up. I don't even know where I read this, but I thought it was such an amazing point that when they were in their like black men era, when Kim was dating Kanye and Ray J, you know, they were able to morph their bodies into this very voluptuous, curvy BBL type look. Yeah. Yep. They took and the
2: big butt award away from J Lo. I always it, say that as an example. J Lo used to be the J Lo used to be the example of the big butt, and J Lo's yep. butt looks small compared to what the Kardashians did.
3: Exactly, because what was that one um, movie she had with Ben Affleck? Not Jersey Girl. The other one. Oh,
2: Geely Geely.
3: Geely, remember? And like that 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 um, movie poster when her ass was huge, and that was like so earth shocking for all of us, being like, you know, this woman in her huge ass, and it was just such yeah, you not guys a don't thing. remember.
2: They're used to like I, I I always try to tell like people the younger listeners like that used to be a nightly joke on Letterman and. Lino was yeah. about J Lo's ass, like right. you know Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park. Dread, like they, I mean, like these were like big jokes. And then the
3: Kardashians kind of came in
2: and were like, "We're going to show you a big ass," and then they right. did what they did.
3: They swept us all off our feet, and you know they came up with this curvy look, which which I loved because I felt like it shifted like the Carolyn chic Kate Moss era to a bit more like curvy, and all all figures are welcome here. But uh, then, yeah, I like that. yeah. What I found was really interesting is when Kim started dating, like. Pete Davidson, she's all of a sudden becoming this like anorexic-looking queen, and, and- Chloe as well,
2: Chloe as and well. Chloe so as well losing a lot of weight,
3: an ex- an extravagant like an exorbitant amount of weight, and I think not only that, but people were actually theorizing like, okay, well Kim's trying to stake herself up as more of a professional woman whether it's in the criminal justice movement whether she's trying sky ventures she's trying to move into private equity she's placing herself as a corporate almost icon in a way that has never been done before from reality tv to fashion to now like corporate icon and she's melding her body in parallel with that Ooh, i
2: love that i love that yeah so I like love she, that theory.
3: she wants a seat at the table just as much as she wanted a seat at the table when she was dating and black men right and well, now she's dating white men and now she went, she's in sky ventures and now she's a skinny white woman with long
2: well, she keeps referring to sky ventures you know the equity the private equity uh, firm that she co-founded uh, this past year is is something that has not gotten written enough about because it's truly the most fascinating part of her portfolio. It is. Uh, I'm telling, skims aside, this blows it away. I'm very curious to see their success because who she teamed up with is one of the most successful people in equity investing. And I know that sounds a little nerdy, but it's true. And it's one of those things like Bethany Frankel wants to be considered a business person. And for all intents and purposes, she is. She's on Shark Tank. she got Money Court. But Kim does her business a little bit more behind the curtains. Like the Kardashians are behind the curtains. Another theory I like is with the bodies is I always think of them as, you know, this is with the rise of, of, of social media. Right. You know, it's like, to me, you know, like back in the days when De Niro or Tom Hanks would gain weight or lose weight for a role because they were trying to, you know, yep. play Forrest scump or, you know, like- Cast was, away. You know, yeah, yeah, or like a De Niro and Raging Bull. I feel like that has jumped from, uh, this is why movies aren't even as popular anymore, even the artistic um, ones, uh, especially because- that kind of body dysmorphia, not dysmorphia, but challenging body types are being moved to social media influencers. Yep. You know, th- that's mm-hmm. what we're considering the real, like, wow, she really De niro did this, you know, like, you know, right. we're watching these huge body transformations that we only used to see in film and TV. And we'd be like, holy shit, that's best actor of the year. Right that's a point. Best that's actor good of point. the year
3: that's such a good point. And I, and we saw that with the Maryland dress too. She's like, I lost 10 to 20 oh my pounds God. because I needed to fit into the dress. And it's like, she equated it to like, exactly what you're saying. Well, how is this any different than when like Tom Hanks loses a bunch of weight for his role in Castaway when he's stuck on a deserted Island, which I think like there's something to be said about like her dedication to her craft. But I think like being a woman who grew up in like, the what I'm saying? Ritchie- how do you feel as a
2: woman? How do you feel as a woman? When you see this stuff, I always think about, Oh my God, remember that photo of Nicole Richie and um, Lindsay Lohan. Ron- uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Or or just the Nicole Richie on the beach, just oh, emaciated with the do. do you remember do. that period of pop culture and was like I was, you know, like I'm a dude, I'm a big bone dude. Like I'm a, I've been like up and down and way my leg. But I remember mm-hmm. seeing that and going like, Oh my God, like, this is so scary. And she had the biggest smile on her face. I believe in I to- this photo. Exactly oh my God. It's like about. burned into my memory. How do you yeah. feel as a woman when you see these different bodies and different? Yeah. you know, like, does it make you feel bad? I know this is a very personal question, but um, I think of this. Well, does it make you feel bad as a woman? Do you ever feel like I have to keep up with these Kardashians? I have to yeah. change uh a, who yeah, I am?
3: A thousand times over, yes. Like, especially I think I've talked about this like with my therapist a lot too. I think my love for pop culture and my just insatiable like desire to want to know what's going on with all these celebrities have actually probably made me a bit more skewed with like. My body image and comparing it because I was just so intru- like my my role model was Mary Kate Olsen and she got checked into rehab for anorexia in 2004 and like no one even really knew what anorexia. Really, I mean, it wasn't talked about as as frequently. I remember like Tracy Gold from Growing Pains. I oh my God! Yes, name. yes, She I had remember, Anna. Yeah,
2: there used to be this ABC sitcom called Growing Pains with K- Kirk Cameron. Leo, the other Leo yeah. DiCaprio,
3: and Leo DiCaprio
2: on the last season was they, you know, got brought in for all you geeks out there. But what's her name? What was her name from the? I think note?
3: her name is Tracy Tracy Great. Gold.
2: Crazy gold was one of the first people when I was growing up that I was aware of an eat, you know, quote unquote, eating Eating disorder. disorder.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so for me seeing Mary Kate Olson, who was like my idol back then, like having to see her struggle and then also seeing plastered on magazines of Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Richie and like the Misha Barton, like it greatly impacted my relationship with food to like a mental, like a serious mental, like a serious, like mental disorder like later on in my life. And so I think like, now, as I've grown older and I've had the tools and like enough therapy to like break away from it, I can like I'm so glad now that I have like the tools and like the the look back to know what's healthy for my body and what's not. And like, and I'm a small girl, like I'm like yeah, four ten Asian girl, like I'm I'm a tiny person, so it's like I I can't even imagine what people Christy. Do in you their ever bodies. worry
2: though that that if 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 pop culture can do this to you at a certain age? You know, do you ever feel like, well, now I'm in too deep again? I'm seeing, I'm, 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 I'm starting to go towards old patterns. When you're like, so, because you live in this w- realm now. Like after yeah. you get up here, you'll probably be online yeah. looking at stories. Do you ever mm-hmm. get worried of like, oh, I'm like, it's like waving cocaine in front of a cocaine addict's face or something like that? You know? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I think I've just done so much like work on myself and gone through so much like intensive therapy to where I wouldn't. But I, but know you still that-
2: love it. That's what I love. You still, I still love pop love culture. It.
3: Yeah. I still love it, and I think that like if I didn't know otherwise, and I didn't go through so much intense therapy as I did, it would be very incredibly triggering to watch it. Because and and I actually saw a Buzzfeed article where they talked about they had this frame of. Did you watch the Met Gala episodes of Kardashians? Have you been watching it? Yeah, yeah. When she was in the booth CA and they were fitting her, and the the the, the stylist goes, "I think I was like smaller girl,
2: smaller than a model, smaller yes. than a
3: model girl." Yes. And people were pissed about it. They're like, this entire season has been recycled content of like commenting on weight, talking about how skinny mini you are. And like I could see the the delight in Chloe's eyes when Kim would tell her. Oh, Kim
2: looked Kendall. jealous. Kim yeah. also was like, "Girl, you got what?" Like,
3: yeah, and she's like, Kendall, Kendall, and Kylie are worried about you. And I, it's like the delight that Chloe had in her eyes. It's like I, I already know that look, and I know she, thats fuel for your for an eating disorder. Oh, it's dude, I remember. Yeah, that.
2: when I would lose weight, and somebody would tell me that I, lo- you know, it, that's a real. That was really like. Oh, good. I've got like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm going the right path. And then you push yes. harder, you push harder. Like
3: it's, it's, really it's a hit wild. of cocaine. That's why like, I never comment on anyone's bodies, whether or not I see them fluctuate up or down. I just never comment. Cause you have no idea what someone's going through. But I think to that point to, I just hate that the way that there, there's so much extreme weight loss and they're not commenting on like, it just seems like they're doing it all naturally when, when well, a lot because of because we also
2: know that there's allegations of using the diabetic drug Ozempic oh, um, yep. all that stuff and and what I what scares me you guys as I was talking about this with uh, Meditza the other day was uh you know I was like you know it's like you know it's like even my thinking at this age I'm still like I wish I could get on Ozempic. I wish I could afford Ozempic. I'd oh yeah, like to me too. I, pa- I'd like to lose two pounds a week. Like, I mean, yeah. I was like, I'd like to take a diabetic drug. Do you know how warped that is when you say it out loud? But your it's, thoughts are saying it, you know.
3: It's, my sister's a pharmacist and she goes, I prescribe Ozempic to my heart failure patients. Like it's a very intense drug. Like it's not, yes. but people are like just normalizing. It causes all these influencers are getting their hands on it and Kardashian. And this is what I'm saying. It's like, we only know about Ozempic because Kim Kardashian is allegedly on it. So it's like, this is what I'm talking about. And we figure out if
2: Kim's invested in Ozempic at all. Like that's to look at their investments is where we should like, that's where I always feel like we should head with anything is just look at their investments. Um, Okay. So we're going to start talking about White White Lotus 2. Okay. What is your relationship with like, what are you watching right now? Uh, Of course you, did you love White Lotus season two? And did you love White Lotus season one?
3: obsessed so i i think white lotus season two far surpassed my expectations i thought it was far better than white lotus season one when i i thought white lotus season one was fucking incredible i remember my friend got married at the white uh four seasons maui which is where they filmed season one and i was like so entranced by just like everything of the show like when i went there i was just like seeing art imitate life and then when season two came out it's just i think it's an incredible show it kind of reminds me of like Cinematic television, like back when there was no streaming services, it's like we have to wait, and everyone's talking about it, and everyone's in like the Reddit threads and, and on it, Twitter. And it's
2: exciting, Bill. This is so this exciting. is this is my favorite part of pop culture: is that we yes, all like find too. something and it gives. Yeah. You know, there's two different kinds, like, you know, we were in the binging society and Netflix, by the way, uh, I've told you guys this before is like going like, okay, we're going to stop binging because it's showing that people will binge and then get rid of us as a service. So now they're going back or they're trying to go back where they'll hit us with like four episodes and then one, one, one each week. So you'll come back but there is something great about building excitement week after week now this is a risk it's a gamble because the shows that it doesn't help it sucks but for white lotus season 2 especially people were like if you ain't watching this show what's wrong with you and i would what are say, you doing it yeah. went from each week In terms of ratings, I geek out about ratings. You saw where it started to where it ended. So where two weeks ago it was at a record of 2.8 million, and this is just night of you guys. This isn't like repeated viewing, streaming, and all this stuff. Last night's was 4.1 to go from 2.8 to 4.1 is that's crazy, insane. Yeah, yeah. Plus, people are going to be watching this forever. But you're right, the emotional resonance this season two had. That's and I thought season one was
3: genius, amazing. Um, I didn't know so, it could be talked and then it was.
2: Yeah. So on your your Instagram today, which I want to give another shout out to. So you guys go follow her. X knows all. It's very simple. But in your story today, um, oh, is this is this EJ Coba? Is this Erica? Or yeah, M- like, yeah, your yeah, yeah. Emily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I'll follow her back. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. She's obsessed. So last. he'll say why are you worried about me emily uh white white lotus season finale (laughs) spoilers ahead she puts in her story now did daphne and ethan smash daphne is uh the one that is married to the guy that used the prosthetic dong what's his character's name (laughs) cameron (laughs) cameron yeah so daphne and and ethan is the Asian characters that w- that's with Aubrey Plaza and they are right. <laughs> in close to a sexless marriage. And what we find out two episodes mm-hmm. ago, that there is a potential that prosthetic dong man and Aubrey yeah, Plaza <laughs> potentially hooked up. Yeah. And eats away at Ethan. You watch this eat away and yeah. he can't focus on anything. Yeah. And then she, he finds out, uh, Aubrey Plaza tells Ethan you know, you know what? We just kissed. Nothing else happened. We just kissed yep. and that's it. And he goes up to, uh, to Daphne. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, Daphne. No. Yeah, yeah, He goes up to Daphne on the beach and tells her and she goes, you know, it's okay, you know, she kind of like does her thing, like, like, um, like she did with Aubrey Plaza earlier in the season, same thing, having her affair with the gym guy, their kids, by the way, are the, obviously the gym trainers, kids, their blonde hair. Yeah. That is a, uh, maybe just a theory, but they walk into the, uh, I don't know, not the jungle or like they walk into this wooded area where you um, kind of think, oh my God, are they going to go hook up? Which we never get that answer. But what do you think, because you asked your followers this question, did Daphne and Ethan smash? Do you think they did?
3: Yes, I think they did. And I think what I love about the show, again, I think what it goes back to, we were saying about typical event cinematic television, is that everything about the show is based on subtleties and room for interpretation to to the viewer. Nothing is ever truly confirmed. I think it even goes back to the discussion with Daphne and Cameron. Did Did they or did they not hook up? And I think what Daphne was doing was, if you think about it and take a step back, I think what Daphne did to Ethan by kissing Theo James is exactly what he did with Mia when they had that crazy Molly filled night. Like they are completely, if allegedly, if that's all what really happened, they are one for one. There's like, they did the exact same thing to one another. But and that's think-
2: how relationships work. It's a point based system, you guys. It's, it is one for one. It is a, And, and it, no, you're right. Like, and this season yeah. overall, when I really stop and think about it, it's all about conning someone. Yes. And sometimes the con helps the other person. Like the uh, uh, I, I'm so sorry. I, I'm still that person that doesn't remember their names. just like well, no one, the, the it's one prostitute that played the the, the, the the one sex worker that that worked at uh, that got played the piano. She hooks Mia. up with the hotel manager. Yeah. And and actually. You know that's a subtle con because she wanted to play the piano, but she made, but she also made that hotel manager's life because it made her comfortable with her sexuality. So it was a beautiful con.
3: Oh my god, I totally didn't even think about because someone posted on uh, Twitter about how this entire, to your point, it's all about scheming and conning, and I didn't even think about it from the lens of the piano player gig. Yeah, you're so. Oh my god, I'm. I'm. By the way, that's why
2: I'm saying not not all conning is bad. Sometimes conning can actually give great strength to the person being con. Um, Here's another question to ask who in this Cast will be a recurring character in season Three now that and you guys know this Tanya is dead Doesn't need to just be anyone in this photo And you'd posted a photo of the two couples Who do you think will be coming back.
3: Oh my gosh. A lot of people, I had like a lot of responses to this and a lot of people were saying Portia or Lucia, which was like kind of random. I actually kind of, people like kind of shit on Portia all the time, but she's like, I love her. I don't know why. Portia's Jennifer
2: Coolidge's assistant in this and she's amazing. She's She's, she's amazing. She's so, I mean, by the way, everybody is so perfectly cast. I mean, there's so, per- I've never seen, like, this is such a great cast. And they've managed to do it two seasons in a row, which, by the way, if you're like, those aren't good odds to do two good seasons back to back and to have the resonation that the second season did. I mm-hmm. think it, I think the recurring, I think none of them, I think it's going to be, and this is what, this will be Ooh, Jennifer Coolidge's here. husband, Greg, con- Greg mm-hmm. because Greg will inherit her money.
3: Yep. Cause she's, and dead. he'll
2: go, and mm-hmm. he'll go away to a white lotus to get away from it all with his new money everybody's gonna be dead and i will tell you this is my and i have the same thought about yellow jacket season two with somebody that's died on that yeah i believe jennifer coolidge will be on white lotus again as a dream sequence that I is love just that. something from pop culture you always know remember she is dead a uh, very very real very dead but i do believe she will come back at some point this is so bad it's a good promise she will come back but you could see portia
3: i love back. that i could see portia coming back but now that you're saying that actually that makes because a lot of people are saying like well now greg he's won he's gotten what he wanted he's dead he inherits the money and i think that makes actually all the sense for it to like art because i think what's interesting with like season one and season two it's well, I guess like she was the only remaining character arc from the first season. So I guess we can keep that going through her spirit, so to speak.
2: Well, Which knows, makes- but I I mean, I, I don't believe that'll even be a part of her journey. Cause I believe it'll be somebody else's dream. Like, I don't believe it'll be so, like her coming from the afterlife. I believe it'll right. be a nightmare. But what I'm saying, like, did you, did you watch you guys, this, I, I got, I, I get so pissed at talent, this Mike White, What a talent! He's the only writer on this show. Did you stay around after the credits to listen to him talk about it?
3: So I saw that on your story. You're like, you guys need to watch like the last three minutes. I didn't watch it, but I'll I'll watch it. Oh my god! What went down?
2: you know it's so funny how creators talk about things because he's like you know just like like oh did uh did uh the asian character and what daphne hook up in the woods he's like well you know i don't know like you know it's definitely it could have happened like he even was like well and because they were asking if like theo james and aubrey plaza yeah did they only just kiss and he goes yeah i think they did only just kiss he goes but and he wasn't trying to be jokey he goes but it is a weird oh time God. frame. There was 10 minutes. Like, so he's like actually saying this yeah. and there's, he's not like messing with the audience. He's goes, well, I mean, I do think that they actually just kiss. And I'm like, you're the one that created them. You oh my play, God. Like you created yes. them.
3: That, and, that book. And this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's everyone's own interpretation of how they're viewing the show. Cause they, and it could go either way. Which I love, I love, I I love. love
2: things that I used to hate. Like I wanted things that were absolute things that you couldn't like, I, 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 I used to hate mysteries and now I kind of like when things are open to interpretation, just like your love of your favorite character on Bravo. um, Season three, you guys, he said, he already said, I think season three white Lotus, like if the, you consider the first season sex, the second season about, I'm oh, sorry, first season money, second yeah. season sex. Mm-hmm. He said the third season, I think we're going to explore spirituality and religion and Eastern religions.
3: Oh, he said that in the, in the last part yeah. of the episode.
2: Oh, and he said it very absolutely. He wasn't like, he's like, that's where I think we're going to go next.
3: Oh my God. I love that. He's already thought through this and like, isn't I, that crazy? And Dumois wrote that it was potentially going to be in Tokyo. Do you, do you have any information on whether it's Tokyo? I don't or...
2: have any information, but Tokyo, certain aspects of Tokyo could fall into a spiritual the, like, retreat,
3: spirituality. you know, like yes. it could
2: fall into that, which I would just be so happy. Um, Will Ethan and Harper be the Daphne and Cameron uh, of season three and come out as assholes? What does this mean? What is this?
3: Okay. Because I think what's interesting with their character is at the very beginning, right? Aubrey Plaza's character was just so set on like, well, we're not like them. We've grown into wealth now. We're equally as rich as them, if not richer than them. But we'll never be that couple who lies and cheats with each other. And then all of a sudden, it's like at the very end of the episode, they realize that in order to survive in this world, they need to do exactly what Daphne and Cameron are doing to maintain happiness. It's like they have to be equally as part as much as is as, as part of the ruse as they are to to live a fulfilling, happy life. Yeah, you see how
2: it changes people. And what I found so fascinating is Ethan and Harper, they they find their flame. This is a, a sexless couple almost. They find their flame by this brush with, Infidelity, yes. This brush with, and that's where we that creepy head, you guys, it's in White Lotus, they break it, the break head. Is, I was like, um. finally, I was like, why is that creepy head always there? We finally it breaks it as he's like going down on her and like, or whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. you know. But I was like, isn't it, it like? But this is why life is interesting. These things, you know, this is not so far away from fiction. I mean, all of it it's put not. together, but these are real relationships. That's why yeah. I think it works. It's grounded in this really firm reality. And that's why I think it works. What do you think about how it shows? I posted a photo of the trio of men, the grandpa, the dad, and the son. What do you think it shows about? And I thought it was such a funny, well, funny slash sad moment of all three of them turning their heads at the airport for a hot girl at the very end. Mm -hmm. What do you think it says about toxic masculinity, This show or this season in particular?
3: I think what I kept seeing was um, Bert, like the grandpa, telling Albie, like, women aren't all saints, Albie. They're just like us. And I think that's just like, if you think about it, it's kind of well, I guess besides Greg, like Lucia was conning Albie the entire time. So he was like, the and he, by, of, he
2: seemed okay with it. He's like, I got conned. I, you know, yeah, I got played.
3: Was, <laughs> right. And it's almost like he, I actually really, he, it really pissed me off when he went up to his dad and was like, I need 50,000 euros. And it's almost like he just felt so entitled to the money. He just actually ended up being kind of a dick. It was, well,
2: but, but isn't that also an interesting thing is that remember in the first couple of episodes, he was the one saying, don't look at women this way. Don't, you know, and to see by the end that he was very nonchalant about like, we're all bad people. We're all, and I thought that was a very interesting thing because you could legitimately see if they were ever to come back, you know, that he will have changed. This experience will have changed him and possibly not for the better because then he will potentially, it didn't, he seemed like he was fine at the airport, but. Well, maybe he'll hold this against all women at this point. All women will play me. All, you know?
3: Right. And people were like, people were saying also, like, it's just a generational thing. Like, once you've experienced a taste of just like betrayal from like a woman, then you'll forever be disenchanted, similar to how his father and his grandfather were. My question to you is like, when lucia ultimately left him at the very end yeah this the entire time like she had this look in her eyes like she really did care about him and even when he's like check your bank account and she like embraced him in this big hug you could tell you she saw the bit fear
2: guilt. You, you saw yeah. the guilt yeah you there, yeah. that this is what i geek out about acting you guys the, you know the camera picks up thoughts behind our eyes by some weird magic yes. and you saw this flash of guilt of like- Yes. Of you know, and, and part part of this, by the way, is what we bring to it as an audience. We read into things because we're looking for it. Because you want to believe you want her. that she would yeah. feel a little guilt. You want yes. to believe what right. ha- what didn't happen that you thought would happen in White Lotus season two
3: there were a lot of people like honestly I didn't think that Lucia was going to leave him that was actually a huge shock for me I I, I thought that she was going to stay with him I I really thought that was
2: true yeah
3: right the entire season they she she actually seemed like very enamored with him but like I think they were they were giving us conflicting clues because at the very beginning when she first met Albie remember they're on the ocean and Mia was like where's your Vicodin whatever and he asked her where are you from oh I'm from Catania where are you from I'm from Los Angeles oh I've always wanted to go to Los Angeles so they were kind of setting up the scene like perhaps Albie's going to be her meal to get back to I me mean, to the U S for the first time, but it's like, she kept giving you like Easter eggs to make you think the complete opposite. And I was just like really let down by that. I think I was just really sad.
2: I was let down by the fact that we didn't get to have a, and this is, you know, probably not the realistic conversation, and especially the way they went. But I wanted to have that conversation with them about him getting conned. I wanted to see that conversation with her of like, you know, I'm sorry, this is just how it goes. Like, you know, like yeah. I, you know, I'm like, I wanted to see that scene. I felt like we were robbed of it. Who did you think was going to get murdered in the end?
3: Oh my god, there were so many. Th- I thought that the fact that Bert. Um, I was thinking about this this morning, just when I was like making my coffee, I'm like, they they kind of was like a red herring with Bert in his, yeah. We thought he was going to
2: die in his sleep. I think, or yeah,
3: yeah. I was like, he keeps falling. He has all these accidents. Like, are they alluding to? I think they were just trying to throw us off or off.
2: Oh, and also I thought the same thing about the, uh, uh, (laughs) the Asian character. I thought he might kill his wife.
3: He Uh, might eat him
2: alive and he might strangle her or something.
3: I thought that he, Ethan started to become. Very unsettling as the season, the episodes went on. Like first, you're kind of rooting for him, like oh, you know, Theo James's character is a fucking dick. He just, you know, mimetic desire or whatever the fuck. Like he has a right to be angry. But then, as the season I and mean, the episode kept progressing, I'm like, just all of his. And like, I thought he was such a fabulous actor, the guy who played Ethan, because you, everything was just uh. not even in it in like vocal expression or like lines. It was in his face, and he was just it was brewing. You could see it
2: um also the other the couple um I, i'm so sorry that i keep forgetting the names is the uh prosthetic dong i'm just going to refer to oh, by oh, theo James. Theo james. by the way yeah. and this theo james I, I always i keep saying this on the show you're such a dork never admit it's a prosthetic penis you don't have to dude let him think oh. you're perfect ever like i mean i was like oh. and then i was i was comforted by that he admitted he had a prosthetic i was like good good i hope you I have love I hope that (laughs) that your, I hope that your dong is so small that you needed a, they asked you to do as a prosthetic dong, but anyways, you know, his wife, Daphne, right? Hmm. This is the point I think from a male perspective that I'm confused on. I saw so many takes today of what a wise woman, what a, oh, she has this, the way she talked you know, with the Asian man character Mm -hmm. and this of like, and, and, and Aubrey Plaza's character of like, well, you just got to accept it. You know, what a wise, strong woman. She said so much with her eyes. Yeah. But to me, how I read it was like, wait, what is the message here? Like, she's like, the message is like, get yours, but stay with this creepy dude that like, she knows is like banging everybody and, but she can bang people on the side too. And like, why is this a heroic character that people I saw online making her out to be?
3: People are claiming her to be like the breakout star of the season. She's no, like no, no. As an hero. actor, yeah. I think
2: she's, I mean, fuck, I mean, what an act,
3: what a performance, Amazing. what an
2: actor, her face expresses so much, but I'm saying the character itself,
3: why is this yeah. heroic? I, I think it's more about her Like she, I think it was more about when we first saw her on her screen, we're like, this girl is a a dumb, a dumb bitch. Like she was just, she probably doesn't vote. She doesn't know. She doesn't read the news. She probably doesn't know who the president fucking is. Like she just came across as just very like dumb blonde ask. But I think it's, she was a lot smarter than the audience initially. It's another con.
2: It's another con. It's
3: another, it's exactly, it's another con because I think she presented this like false, this veneer of a woman that was not actually who she was. And I think we were all kind of rooting for someone who's never, who's in this like I guess um, if you actually understood what the relationship was, it's like horrible and it's it's manic and it's disgusting, but really like she learns to live with it and she finds fulfillment out of that. And I think that's what people are like giving a nod to is like being heroic.
2: And by the way, I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking about the performance. The performance is genius. Also, totally. what a great moment from Theo James when he's uh, the kids on the, you know, his child's the, on the phone, the he's flossing floss his teeth. And then he's like pissed. And then he goes, he yes. puts on the fake veneer smile. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, buddy. And I was like, that's that guy. He lives yes. in this torture. Like, I know that guy. I know that guy. Put yes. him on The fake smile. Yes. That's that guy to a T. And I was like, what a beautiful character moment. I get like, from an acting perspective, I geeked out on it so hard, you guys. I, I hope you liked it as well. Were yeah. you sad that Tanya, uh, did you think Tanya was going to die? Were you sad that she died? Would you?
3: I think it was so on brand for her character because she's truly just like her whole character is so helpless. Like yeah. she has everyone doing yeah. everything for her because she's rich. She has assistants. She has everyone. It's like the Kardashians when they're at the Met. They're like, I'm so relaxed. It's like, yeah, because you have a, literally a, a seat of 50 <laughs> people in your hotel room, steaming, ironing, getting your food, yeah. everything. So like she's just at her core who she is is so helpless. So it makes sense that she killed everyone on the boat, was able to run it to safety, and she couldn't even get on a little dinghy boat to like save herself. It just feels there. people but, were actually like, laughing on Reddit because they're like, it's so, just so on brand.
2: Well, Mike White said this in well, I'm I am confused. Uh, I was pointed out that. She's wearing those heels those that are heels. strappy, but when she's found in the first episode, there's no shoes on her. So that feels like a weird moment of how do those shoes oh. leave your body? I don't think, by the way, I think that's just, I don't like think there's elapse. anything to read in there. I think it's yeah. a lapse, but it is yeah. weird. Also, the funny thing was, I was just wondering, like, you know, why don't you just jump in next to the boat and then climb on the boat? The, but you could yeah. tell Tanya's character she's- would- not think that way like you would yeah. she would try to hit the boat instead of the water
3: i i actually have a good question for you so you know when she found like things started to kind of come together for Tonya. like she looked at the photo she saw greg as the cowboy and then she was like for the entire time the last episode i'm like oh she's onto them she knows and then until the very last minute she goes is greg having an affair it's like she's really that <laughs> fucking stupid thought- like, did you think that she knew because i thought she was smarter than she let on i was like she's a lot more lucid than she appears but like she's she wasn't a-
2: well, you know, what, what I loved and what Mike White said in this, I really want you to watch that interview at the end. It's yeah, like I a want quick to. five, five, six, but what What I loved was that he said, you know, this was her, op- like her life was like this operatic ending, and she was so helpless. She needed assistance. She needed all of these things. Mm-hmm. But in the end, she stuck up for herself, she fought yeah. her way out she won almost but in typical tanya fashion
3: yeah she did
2: like she like trips you know or she dings her head and she bought you know like like that's so interesting of somebody that like so in a way he said what a beautiful ending of like she got she fought her way out but i don't think like but i but i did like i just love it and i love the actor portraying quentin of just like are you like blood's falling out of his mouth and he's like (laughs) Are you kidding? Like, that's what you want to know? Like, is she, is she, is she having an affair? You know, like, (laughs) what is going on? Like, and I thought it was so beautiful and it just, it was so true to the character. So true to the character. But also, I thought, like, you know, she was like, I'm sad that she's gone, but it was the right person to die because if she went into a season three of White Lotus, I think it would start to get a little hokey, a little like, you know, there, like a little, that. Yeah. yeah, well, like what crazy thing's gonna happen to her this time? When it's like, I almost yeah. feel like it can rel- relieve the burden of her story, not burden, it was a great story, but we yeah. can explore other avenues and we can explore right. other things instead of how this time does she fall into the mix. Like, I what I trust yeah. Mike White with now more than ever, the creator, you guys, is he knows people, it feels like.
3: He does. I'm actually so curious from your background, like having done like acting for years and years, and years, even before you did podcasting, like who do you think had the best performance? Like who do you that's think all, was the that's strongest? A hard one. You know,
2: the golden globe nominations got announced today, you guys. And the, uh, I will say this is, like white lotus is going to either clean up or they're going to split the votes so heavily because everybody's going to be nominated from this show yeah. that each person's going to get a little slice and it's going to go to a different show entirely mm-hmm. um in terms of the acting categories because there is not one woman on this show that was bad there is it's not true. one man on this show that was mm-hmm. bad like, you know, it just depends on what is, you know, Jennifer Coolidge is already going to win the Emmy hands down and that's going to be yeah. because she deserves it, but it's also going to be because she's Jennifer Coolidge and right. this actually, you know, she, you know, she's going to get it, but that, uh, I hope Daphne gets a best supporting actor nomination. Yeah, if I don't know how they're going to like split it up. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, by the way, I, I'm, I, you like, I've been hot or cold on Aubrey Plaza. Like this me really too. night, this like, really, I was like, damn. She's really getting, you know, who I want to see her play is Joan Didion.
3: Oh, that would be good. If they yeah.
2: ever, when as she gets older, I think she could knock out a Joan Didion portrayal of like the year of magical thinking, which is one of my favorite books. Uh, she could knock that out of the park. I'm like, it's fun to watch actors get older and get better. You know? Yeah, and I feel like yeah, that's yeah. What with her. Who do you think, who do you think is going to get? Oh my gosh.
3: Something? I, I think to your point, like I can't even name a bad Actor, yes, I wish. On the show. I wish I could name somebody bad. I wish. Who I do you could. think? I guess. Okay, turning it around. Who do you think had the weakest? I mean, I don't think anyone was bad, but who do you think? Like, you're in an ensemble cast, of, like incredible actors who are like performing at their a game. Who do you think was the weakest?
2: First like, off, I would go in so nervous to season two after season one, and they ended up overperforming. The weakest, but but by the way, it was just in the in the the writing and by design. I believe was the hotel manager. I believe she, you know, was very in the, there was a little bit too heavy handedness of the flirting with the female, um, yeah. you know, like Rocco, you go to the, beach, you know, but yeah. then she had some of the most beautiful moments in the final couple of episodes that I was like, Oh, she's amazing. Like she was, you know, but also she has the unfair comparison of comparing to uh, Bartlett Murray, uh, the guy who played the hotel manager last season. Oh, 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 Armand,
3: Armand. Armand, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know,
2: has the unfair comparison of that. So that's really, but she then ended up like having great moments herself. Like everybody had these moments. And that's, to me what i look for in tv what are you looking forward to as we end this co- we start wrapping up this conversation in 2023 what are the pop culture things that you're looking forward to i'm looking forward to season two of yellow jackets what are you looking forward to in terms of your <laughs> tastes?
3: Honestly, you would love this because your friend's them like Vanderpump Rules. I want to see what the fuck is going on with, <laughs> with uh, Schwartz, with Raquel. Like I love that Vanderpump Rules. Like it was my reality show. Like the early seasons of Vanderpump Rules can never be recreated because it was so raw, so real, such a dynamic cast. And then I think they've, kind of just, they lost it over the past couple of seasons. Like I continue to watch cause I'm a diehard fan, but it just, it fell flat for me. And I'm, I feel but I'm, Christy, like Christy, don't you hopes. think we
2: also have seasons of our own lives that fall flat? Don't you think, 100%. we have like you know, it's like not every, and you have to give and somebody in my DM set, and I've been thinking about it ever since. And I wish I remembered her name. She said with like Real Housewives of Miami, the it's really powerful this season already. And she says, we should give every show on Bravo a 10 year break and come back. And I would be like, Gee, cause, because it's so amazing to watch these relationships 10 years later. Wow. And I was like, that is fascinating. We're, we're, we'll, we'll never do that. But it is things that like certain seasons and our seasons of our own lives are not very, I mean, I've had a whole pandemic that wasn't exciting, right. like, except for the podcast. So I am excited to see what they're going to do. I've got a question for you now. Actually, this is exciting. I'll make the announcement. I am going to be recapping Vanderpump Rules on the main feed. Will you come back and recap an episode with me? I would Vanderpump love Rules? it. And we'll just go hog wild on it. Cause I would love to know more about your history with the show. I um, love it. I know you watch summer house and you just said before we started that you're starting watching summer house from the beginning. Why?
3: So I think it just needed, I just needed like another kind of trashy TV show. What I will say is <laughs> I, the reason actually I started watching it was cause I was on a flight to Boston and I watched season five because it was available on TV and I was like, the show's fucking good. It was a great. Yeah, that's what it got really.
2: yeah, With a Luke really and a Hannah. Hannah, so like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: so good. So then I'm starting from the beginning. I'm at the Jordan season. Is he well?
2: Um, no, but well, I mean, we never call that out he's like
3: but like what is going on he was just like he's such a he's uh,
2: i think he's fighting internally with himself he's fighting with religion he's fighting with trying to be a certain certain kind of man and i'm just this is all like this is all just my own personal opinion but you see somebody at war with themselves and also if he can perfect his body and his face everything else will fall into place
3: hundred percent
2: you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm
3: kind of in the throes of that right now, but yeah. Vanderpump rules. Do you have any tea now that you're friends? Like, cause you're friends with them. So do you have like, I mean, you don't have to say it. Yeah, like, no, now, I do. But- I do.
2: Schwartz, Schwartz dies this season. He gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a big mystery. It's going to be, we don't know who did it and it's <laughs> going to be, we find out late. It's like, no, no. Um, there is some tea. I cannot say anything yet. Uh, but, uh, oh God, but I- you know, it's very, I think, I think we're going to get the trailer, not this week, but the week after, cause we're getting the Jersey trailer as well, but like yeah. summer house is going to be Monday night, Jersey Tuesday night and Vanderpump rules Wednesday night. So it is kind of stacked in Bravo in February. Like it is wild.
3: I'm so, Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So do you, since you're like a, you're like a Bravo, like icon, do you, like, uh-huh. do you, do you, do, you get, do you get like the pre like record? Like do you get the video before they get released to call. I get,
2: I get, pr- well, this took me a very long time, and I don't want, but I get premiere episodes of things. So I'll what get like the, pr- so like uh, a week before, like I got Southern Hospitality a couple of weeks ago before it aired. Like, I, you Funny. know, like they'll give it to you, and then you'll request people to interview, you know, you'll see what, you know. Um, they didn't do that for me for Miami, because that's more mm. peacock than Bravo, right, right, weirdly right. enough. So I'm trying to work on my peacock contact, but mm-hmm. this took years to get to that point where it'll show up and it, it feels like Christmas. You guys, you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> crazy. Way, I've never, um, I'm one of the only people that do- don't, I don't brag about it online. Like you'll see other people that get it. They're like, guess what? I just got, that's why yeah. I put a joke tweet out last week that I said, I just saw the season finale of the white Lotus and it was like, whoa, 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 and then I put a dad tweet underneath it. it goes season one finale. (laughs) (laughs) they are those people that want you to know That they have this I never want to brag like that But it is Like I don't get paid tons But it is like That's that's, one of the coolest things That's that's ever Like I'm like wow You
3: really made it So So anyways Have you seen it Vanderpump Rules Really quickly No no it's not out yet It's not out yet
2: Not at But I will let you know the moment I do And you will come back to recap an episode with me Hopefully if you'll agree But what you guys did, you got a little taste of how, I mean, the information in this, like, she's made me a fan. Uh, Her name is Christy. (laughs) The podcast is X Knows All. Sophie Ross, our friend Sophie, was just on it. I was on an episode. And she talks about these great pop culture moments. And I would start with the House of Hilton episode. And it's going to blow your mind. And you're going to love it. But like this is what it is. It's all about sharing this common passion and this common love. And what I'm so excited is to watch you just keep going and getting better mm-hmm. and better and you know like you're already great, but just to watch you a year from now and a year from now because it's just going to be really exciting. So I'm so happy that you uh agreed to come on today and I'll be very excited when you come back in February as well.
3: Oh my god, you're the best! It's it's such an honor. Like I feel like I'm in the presence of a celeb. You literally oh, are. Stop! A
2: celeb. No, people are laughing. I you know people are rolling their eyes. I know. Okay, okay. Well, how do we support you? X knows oh, all. Just X. Knows the, I,
3: Instagram, Instagram, and, and uh, she has this uh, cool
2: thing on her link tree, you guys, where you can actually suggest suggestions for the show.
3: Oh yeah, you, you can, can actually. I think that's
2: really a cool. I was like, wow, I might steal that idea. I was yeah, like, That's should. really that's really cool. But uh, it'll give you all the information that you need to know. But yeah. go support. I'm telling you you're going to dig this and you're going to like you so not, you're You're,
3: you're going to eat it up and be in my DMs like I I responded to DMs Everyone's Yeah, by the way,
2: she responds to people unlike me. So go Cuz you, like, you
3: have like you're famous. That's why. You can't no, you can't build
2: funny, Okay, that's okay, <laughs> ridiculous. This is this is horse shit. Okay. Uh her name is Christy, the podcast X Knows All. Go support. I'm telling you you will not regret it and I'll talk to you in February.
3: Thank you. Bye. Betches.